I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? This cold open thing, does it work, Travis? Dude, I don't know. I'm pretty cold all the time. Actually, that's true. Not true. I'm hot all the time. I'm a hot man. Sweaty, hot man. Never cold. Yeah, let's go hot. So maybe we should just go on the show Hey, welcome to Roast Mortem. (laughs) It's uh, that show where we put the oral in historical. (laughs) Bing bong. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. We have guests tonight. We do. Do some honors, man. From the drink a beer play game, we have Brian and Jim. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Thank you guys for having us on. I know uh, we've both been enjoying each other's, you know, uh, podcast and really excited to come on here with you guys, uh, do some deep dives and do some drinking with y'all because yeah, I'm, actually, I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I'm, I want to see what like there's always like some kind of little twist with all the roast that you guys do like. Like, freaking, like, Georgie's got, like, he beats the shit out of women. Or, you know, you had Alfred Krupp, who's just huffing horse shit and building a house just so we can do that. So, I can't wait to see what tonight brings us. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, I was on their show a few weeks ago now. I feel like all of our friends' podcasts are just, like, we're having, like, an orgy of ear sounds. Like, we've just been going mm-hmm. on different shows. Tom was on Not For Human Consumption, I think, last week. It's, everyone's just, like, yeah, something like floating that. around. Yep. So. I love the collaboration. <laughs> Dude, those Scott Stapp stories were fucking great, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if I should have told those in hindsight. <laughs> I got toasted. I got comfortably toasted. <laughs> I was like a Volvo. I was like in, I was just collapsing the entire time <laughs> under the safety of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And um, it's only real in that moment. Well, but here we are. I've survived and I haven't been sued yet. So Yeah, Tom, if he sues you, you can just be like, hey, look, Scott, I'll cut you an album. <laughs> Yeah, he he will ask <laughs> yeah. me to help him yeah. before he's here. <laughs> All right, got so we style. got a a very topical uh, subject tonight for the boys that we brought brought on. But uh, most important part of the show, how's your week, Brian? How's your week going? It's been uh, crazy. I don't want to give any spoilers because Jim will cover part of the week that that we already did this past weekend. Jim, I don't know why you look confused. Like you didn't know that you were shot out of your mother however many years ago on a certain day. It's been a blur. It's been a blur. <laughs> well, well, I asked you specifically because I figured you might remember more of the night than, you know. I did. I, it, 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 it was interesting. We did go out for Jamber's birthday. And as soon as I got there, I was sure to give him shots. And then which multiple, which every moment he had a beer in his hand, I asked, would you like another one? He said, no, I'm good. I said, well, that one should be empty. So here's another one. So I fed him a lot. I know he was drinking all day long, but it was good. This was actually, I said, the wife and I, it was the first time we actually went out to a bar. It was just weird just having been out to a bar. We've been restaurants or breweries, but like a a legit packed bar. I haven't been in a while. Missed it. So it's nice getting back out there after so much time. So are you guys close enough to Philly? Do you guys go out in Philly or are you like in the burbs of Philly? So we're burbs, and I work in the city, so that was my go-to. Like, it was happy hour every two weeks at least, so I was always going out in the city. 
Um, I'm actually going back to work next month. So I'm specifically picking a day where it can align with going to happy hours again. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you should be trying to pick a religion to get it so you don't have to go back. Uh, I like, mean, get exempt, man. That's that's your new job. I know that. And there's plenty of people that apparently did such things. I, I, I legit miss just the fact of seeing people I worked with that I enjoy and and the after work drinks. That's the biggest thing I liked. But uh, your life sounds more fun. Than mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just angry and alone most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And don't you try to change that. Shit. Well, that's good, though. Yeah. You're getting what you want. And that's nice. That's what we're here for. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, always. Right. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Chambers? <laughs> yeah. So what do you got? And actually, back to your point, we actually do live close enough that like went back in the old, like either the single days or like before we we're serious with like we're both wives and dads now. So. We don't do shit anymore as far as like really going out goes. But back in the day, it would be like, you know, a 20 minute train ride down to the city and then you could just get demolished and then, you know, find some kind of way home. So like in the good old days. Jim, are you going to pretend we took the train and didn't drive unresponsibly? Well, I mean, I was just about to get to that. (laughs) I mean, for for every one train ride we would take, it would be about, you know, 10 times we shouldn't have been driving. But, you know, things happen. You're in your early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, Tom and I are burps, boys. We totally have never. uh, We've always took the train to Brooklyn. We never drove home. Never. Anyway, never. never not no. once. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, so my week. Wh- wh- why do I have all these miles on my car? <laughs> that's that, that's the drunk version of you is the alter ego. It doesn't count. <laughs> Where'd this new den come from? Uh oh. But yeah, what do you call it? So yeah, it was my birthday, and I basically spent the entire goddamn time drinking. So Brian loaded me up on drinks Friday night. Then we uh, stayed over at a friend's house and kind of did a. Uh, like a sleepover with like a buddy from school, so he brought his kids, so all the kids could keep themselves busy. And then uh, we were drinking the whole time, and then we get to like midnight, and he's like, "Hey, let's start doing pickleback shots." And it's like, "Oh, okay." Ooh. So then we decide to kill off the entire bottle from between midnight to like two a.m. Ooh, so how's your heartburn? That was fun. <laughs> Actually, I somehow surprisingly am okay. I'm just tired. Mm. So there's this powder out there. It's called Liquid IV. I highly recommend it to all the drunks or people with problems out there. Just mix it in a water bottle, drink it before bed, and drink one when you get up in the morning, and you'll be shockingly good. Mm. So outside mm. of, like, straight alcohol poisoning, because, I mean, I have had times where I've done that, and I'm still puking the next day, but it saved my ass more times than not. <laughs> Gotta try that out. I could have used that this morning myself. Yeah, Tom, how is mm-hmm. how's your Pedialyte adventures? Dude, who knows? <laughs> I went over... I went to Maddie's house, a friend of the show, a friend of real life, real person, uh, 3D. He uh, he had a birthday party. We played a lot of CeeLo. I, I came out breaking even, which is not fun <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, you don't want to throw $40 in and come back with $41. That's not yeah. good. You want to lose it all or have a lot of money because mm-hmm. then you lived. <laughs> um Besides that, I I haven't had an eventful week other than that drinking yesterday. I feel like, I don't know. My wife is like walking around the apartment. She went out for the St. Patrick's Day thing in Huntington. I didn't go because I was too hungover. She comes back and she's she's like a Jacksonville student <laughs> raving and ranting, <laughs> throwing beer at me. So, yeah, that's that's how it is now. Travis, tell me about you. 
Oh, man. So I went to the casino yesterday, played craps for the first time ever. I had to, You had to research when you play craps because it's a very complicated, intimidating thing when you sit down at the table. Like, what the fuck is pass? It's telling me to come. I'm, I've already came. I need to recharge. Um, but so, yeah, I played craps. Uh, I played for about five hours. And it was I went like in the middle of the day. So it was like. I think one of the best experiences because it was just these all old timers. Like I was next to this Vietnam vet who was like it was his birthday and he was showing off his like gold wristwatch that he got from his wife and like he's just kind of mumbling and throwing the dice. And that's great. Yeah, but but Tom, it was very much like you. I, I set my 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 limit as five hundred dollars and I came back with like four fifty. And that's I tip, bullshit. And I tipped the table a bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. yeah. No, I had fun. I got to meet Bill, Larry, all these people that like the dealers knew that just play craps every weekend and they're all retired. You and the three stooges <laughs> just like talking Vietnam stories and shit. <laughs> wow. So you don't just get bored at some point and just say, I'm all in. Like, I don't know if you have that in craps, but like anytime I'm like playing poker or something like that, I'll be like good strategic for an hour and a half. And then I get too drunk and too bored and I go, all right, every hand I'm all in. Did that hit? Did that work? Nope. I'm See, gone. I didn't yeah. do that because like my girlfriend was off doing something. So that was like kind of far away from Portland. So it's kind of like mm. killing time. So I was in a casino and not drinking, which was also a really weird experience. Oh, why? I was just drinking coffee. I was just like, I want to play craps. Uh, so I never had the all in fun moment. at all. Yeah. <laughs> why were you not drinking? Because I don't want to get hammered. You know what I mean? Like, I had to go drive, like, two hours after I went to the casino. Wow. I was just well, like, what were we talking about before? Details. Yeah. You just catch the, the yeah. driving train. You know, the real... <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> the driving train through Washington. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fine. Uh, by the way, are you guys as jealous as Jim and I, like, of the current gen and the fact that they legit don't have to drunk drive because of Uber and shit like that? No. No, I think yeah, you're not jealous. I, no, I think they're uh, an extremely disadvantaged group of people, and uh, in every regard. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the one where they don't potentially, you know, not that any of us drunk, you know, we're drinking and yeah. driving, of course. You, but you do it that, in Forza. You doesn't practice. even have to happen. Yeah, yeah I, think I think they're missing out on a valuable life skill. Actually, I think that's another thing we took from. Them. Yeah, I also think there needs to be something that they can get, they can do to have their ability to go to Canada taken away, like having a shitty TikTok, <laughs> like you're not allowed in Canada. <laughs> uh, here's here's a good way to uh, get yourself kicked out of Canada when you're at the border and they say, "What are you doing here?" Say to do things we can't do in America because that's what a buddy of ours did during a bachelor party, and then we got searched for four hours. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. They literally went, okay, you have to pull over here. Like, you're not coming in right now. And he's like, why are why do you have so many one dollar bills? Like, why do you think <laughs> like it was it was a whole ordeal? And yeah. Damn. <laughs> let's let's jump into our subject. This is Roast Moore. We gotta roast someone that's dead. He also enjoyed drinking. I brought you on here for a reason. You guys like video games. You talk about video games all the time, right? Like and, and you know the classics, right? So Tonight, we're going to be talking about a man who does not like video games. In fact, he never played a video game in his life. Uh, and it also just so happened that he was the president of a little company called Nintendo. And this was during its meteoric rise in the birth of the modern video game industry. 
So this man is Hiroshi Yamauchi, the most serious, terrifying, and at one point richest Japanese businessman of the 20th and 21st century. Sounds like a hero. <laughs> yeah, Tom, I feel like you're going to relate to this guy on so many levels. Because Tom, Tom, Tom doesn't... Not that you don't play video games. Like I said, you just don't play games. You don't fuck around. I don't fuck around at all. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, my mantra every morning is um, don't you ever fuck around um, by DMX. <laughs> it's what the fuck have they done? You know, all of that. That's my life. So I can't play games because then, then I'd be a hypocrite. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, before we jump into this crotchety toy maker, let's jump all the way back to the beginnings of the Nintendo company in 1889. Uh, first off, what does Nintendo mean? Is I mean, Tom, what do you think Nintendo means? Um, I don't know. Rice times. <laughs> Rice. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys know uh, what Nintendo actually means? I have. I know the rough trans. I I don't know the exact one, but it's something to the effect of. Uh, it's like luck in sky or luck in heaven. So, some shit like that. It's something to do with like luck in something. Yeah. I, I know I'm butchering Yeah, it. strangely enough, Nintendo roughly, I mean, it's translating from Japanese. There's multiple meanings of things. But roughly it means leave luck to heaven, which I feel like is very kind mm. of, I don't know, culty. Yeah, I remember hearing that before. That's why I said luck. I was like, luck, heaven. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell that means. It could be also translated to the Temple of Free Hanafuda, um, which, if you don't know what Hanafuda is, uh, is what Nintendo used to make, Hanafuna cards or flower cards, which are uh, cards that are used in a game called Koi Koi. Now, mm. I, I don't know how to play Koi Koi, uh, so I went on YouTube. I'm like, Koi Koi, Hanafuna cards. And then I found this, like, really, I don't know the name of the YouTuber, but it's just, like, this really sad YouTuber who's explaining how to play Koi Koi to his Mario piranha plant and, like, a uh, statue of Mario. And he's like, well, there's 12 suits, and it's kind of like Texas Hold'em. And then it's, it's also kind of like, you know, in, like, Mario Brothers 3, I think it's 3, where it's in a bunch of games, where there's, like, all the cards flip down, and you flip them up, and you got to match them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. It's like that and Texas Hold'em. It's it's a very strange game. And like all the cards, there's no like numerical values on them. It's like you just need to know that like, oh, the crane hangs out in the valley and I got to collect all the crane hanging out on the valley cards. So it's like tarot cards. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Except for Japanese people and not like spooky 30-year-old women. <laughs> Those things often have the same temperament. <laughs> I'm glad when you said Hanafuda because at first I heard Futa thinking of Futanari and I was like, ooh, this is taking a turn. What happened to the old Nintendo? Was that, Damn, man doesn't Jim. know that. That's like a deep dive of like uh, hentai culture. It's just pure degeneracy. Ooh, all right. That's the giant. There's one guy out there right now going, yes. Yeah. That's you when you listen to this later, Jim. <laughs> With your. As I'm watching it. Those 3D <laughs> renderings are getting better and better. You guys ever see Laura Croft's tits? Oh, my God. Baby boy. <laughs> baby girl. Baby boy. <laughs> so. Oh. In. I'm already getting the burps. You guys, I, I bought these, like, 
special beers for you guys because I know you're into like your craft beers. So I'm drinking like weird pilsners. I was gonna say I'm trying to I, I'm trying to eyeball it as you pick it up and trying to figure out what you're drinking. It's got this bear, bear. man. On it. It's from it's from Mount Hood, which is right around the corner. Mm. Um, so in 1889 in Kyoto, Nintendo was founded by a guy named Fusayaro Yamauchi. And as I mentioned, Nintendo made these Hanafuda cards. Eventually, they would start making Western playing cards in 1902. Now we talked about it with the Krupps dynasty, and it's not a it's not a normal thing in Western society, but in Japan, it's quite normal for um, a male, like a son-in-law, to take um, the father's last name of like their daughter if they come from a successful or established family. So this guy Fukuyaru, he only had daughters, so like there was there would have been no way to continue the Yamauchi line. So he gives his son, Sekiro Kanada, uh, the Yamauchi name. So he takes over as like the heir to this Nintendo it's like card. A, he was the Gustav Krupp of Nintendo. <laughs> it's a form of bureaucratic yeah. cucking. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought when you were saying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a bitch move right there. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to be someone else from now on. My dad, my new dad said I should. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> if your new dad's a lot richer than your old dad, though, is it that bad? I don't have to take the subway anymore. I get a, <laughs> I get a used Honda. Yeah. <laughs> um. yeah, you might be pumping my daughter, but uh, you have my last name, bitch. <laughs> my God. It's built into the contract. <laughs> so by the time this Fushiyara guy, the, the guy who established Nintendo, was ready to retire in 1929, Nintendo was the largest playing card company in Japan and Sekiro w- takes over president and he keeps going up from there. Now the problem was, was that Sekiro and his wife Tay had no male heirs either. So again, they're all daughters. So again, there's another guy that comes into the family and he takes the surname Yamauchi. Um, so Sekiro's uh, Sekir- daughter Kimmy marries <laughs> Uh, there's also you guys get a, so you guys get a special episode where <laughs> you guys get a special episode of Rose Mortem where Travis tries to pronounce another language <laughs> name. I'm so glad you're the one trying to pull these off. Um, I've been like Saka Hamba You'd be canceled yeah, by the end, Jim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, even the Belgian one with uh, Urge, I was calling him Herge. <laughs> just, so. just come up with a new merit <laughs> system. Mickey Rooney one. Mickey Rooney too. <laughs> yeah. Well, from the sounds of it, it sounds like cuck one, cuck three, cuck yeah, five. Use the cuck system. Yeah. <laughs> so Kimmy marries Kimmy marries Mickey Rooney one. <laughs> and so he comes Mickey Rooney Rooney Yamauchi. Kimmy and Mickey Rooney one <laughs> blast out our subject, Hiroshi Yamauchi on November seventh, nineteen twenty seven. And that's the guy that we're gonna be roasting today. Cool. Well, he sounds like it comes from a great line of uh, tradition and weirdness. Everything about this guy, as we were, re- as I was researching him, I'm like, he's kind of like a subtle Bond villain. Like he just comes off, and especially how he looks, I'm like, he just, uh, yeah, he's not. I mean, you already pointed out, doesn't like video games. He's not a fu- he doesn't he's not a fun guy. He's just a business yeah. guy, and 
I kind of started what can, Nintendo still does, which is doesn't give a shit about his uh, his actual fan base or his customers. He's like, no, you idiots are going to listen yeah. to what I'm saying. And our little it. our little baby Roy <laughs> Hiroshi is going to grow up into a guy that just cares about himself, pretty much himself, the game of <laughs> Go and whiskey. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I respect that part. Yeah, yeah. Tom's <laughs> like, how how do I become this guy? Tom, you have to you yeah. have to pick up more like classic board games. I feel like because you don't play games, you got to start playing chess or backgammon or something old. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I need to fill that void. Yeah. I mean, in all sincerity, I do fuck around sometimes, <laughs> and I play good games. I play, you know, my Tony Hawks. Uh, my Tony Hawk remasters, my Tony Hawk undergrounds, things of that nature. I could see how there's a limited brain capacity happening when you're playing a Tony Hawk versus like a chess. You know what I'm saying? Do I sound insane right Are now? Are you telling me that there's no like international Tony Hawk grand wizards? I'm just saying <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk is very emotional. You feel that game. You're not thinking about that. Game. Well, you're going... Like in your head, <laughs> and then you just play the game and drool. And well, you also have to collect Tony Hawk sex <laughs> tapes that just happen to be on top of uh, you know cables and things like that. He knows where to leave them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Hiroshi, right, sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, Hiroshi's dad, Mickey Rooney, two or one. I forgot what we were calling him. Mickey Rooney, <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rooney, one. <laughs> Uh, he had a. This guy had a lot to gain from marrying into this family. I mean, Nintendo was one of the biggest companies in Japan. This is pre-war Japan. You know, gambling's big in Japan. It still is. They have pachinko machines. Japanese love gambling. Americans love gambling too. All the playing cards you can yeah. ever want. Mm. So they're not walking away breaking even. Yeah, I'll tell you no. that. It's commitment. <laughs> it's like it's like financial seppuku every weekend. <laughs> so so Hiroshi's dad has a lot to gain to be in this family. But for whatever reason, when Hiroshi is five, he, run, he just runs away from his wife and son. Just like, fuck that. I'm leaving. Bye. Later. Mm. <laughs> Smart. Now, remember, this is this is Japan. This is also pre-war Japan. Uh, it's all about honor and, like, respect. And, like, you know, when someone dishonors your family, like, everything... Anything bad that anyone does is a reflection on you. It could be like your neighbor eight doors down, like, I don't know, got caught in an affair. And like, you're personally dishonored because you live on the same street as them. You know, <laughs> like that type yeah. of shit. His mother, Kimmy, is like disgraced. Yet she has to file for a divorce. Kimmy moves in with her sister and leaves little Hiroshi with her parents, the guys that are currently running Nintendo. Now, you know, they're like, this boy needs a powerful, you know, Japanese businessman in his life. He needs to learn our values and all this shit. Um, And especially because his dad was like a deadbeat and ran off. He's like, this is we have to groom this young little boy to become the Nintendo. Of course. They're not going to waste any time. And now he's got a chip on his shoulder. So Mm -hmm. life under his strict grandparents was uh, very tough on Hiroshi. He became that like typical rich kid that like likes to rebel. grew grew up into being like a playboy. He's wearing like a lot of expensive clothes. He one of the big things was he wore his hair swept down, which was not a thing you did in Japan. Mm. You know, like a little whoa fringe, mm. right? 
Head <laughs> up. Inspiration for all those animes. Yeah. Those bad boys mm-hmm. with the lazy eyes they're covering up. <laughs> it's cool though. Uh, and also, I feel like we've talked about whenever we talk about a dickhead Asian person on the show, like we did Mock Duck, um, Hiroshi grew his fingernails out very long and kept them manicured. Something about being a badass in Japan and having long fingernails. Like, uh, who's the guy in Big Trouble from Little China? Lindsay Lopan. Oh, uh, <laughs> yep. Lopan. <laughs> Did that move at the end where he crossed yeah. him with Yee! his pinkies? <laughs> I mean, why do you think all those black ladies do it? It looks sick. Yeah. <laughs> like Flojo. Yeah. Yeah. Party B is... I can't do it. I'm typing all the time, but... If you can, do yeah. it. So he's got these long fingernails. He's wearing his hair swept down. Obviously, his grandparents that he's living with are, are not very happy about these uh, looks and stuff. But let's do a little bit of math here. So Hiroshi was born in 1927. Uh, and when he turns 14, you know, he could have been drafted into the Japanese army during World War II, right? That is a, if you're going to be born into a time period, 1927 in Japan... Not a great period to be born into. <laughs> Better times. Mm-mm. He's very patriotic. I guess that was kind of seen as somewhat rebellious because he was born into this business class. He's like, I want to go fight, you know. But his mom, Kimmy, was mm-hmm. having none of it. She's like, forbid him to join the military. He's like, you're not fighting no Americans. You're going to go to school. So sends him to preparatory school right before the war starts in 1940 uh the war with japan and grandpa was really hoping that he'd get a law degree or an engineering degree but of course with world war ii happening kyoto was constantly being you know air raided so like the air raid sirens were going off and everyone would go hide in these bomb shelters an interesting thing was that Hiroshi's grandma refused to go into the shelter and just did her normal day shit every day. Like the air raid sirens would be going off and she'd be like going, getting like doing the flowers and <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. didn't give a shit. Going to the <laughs> like four foot seven hunchback lady just going, <laughs> fuck you. Just going yeah. about her business. Yeah. Nintendo, like most companies, took a hit during the war, but as we know, Japan rebounds really quickly. We went into that. I think it was like our 14th episode or something when we did Douglas MacArthur um, and his whole like mm-hmm. rebuilding back of uh, Japan. You shouldn't listen to that episode because we probably did a terrible job. We did a yeah. bad job. <laughs> I'll just yeah. say it. Not probably. <laughs> no, wait, all of his plot. Uh, plot. All of us podcasters <laughs> know that pain of like your first 50 episodes. You go back and you're just like, oh, this yeah. is unlistenable. <laughs> Uh, Hiroshi enrolls in this university, Wasada University, in 1945 after the war is over. Uh, He studies law just like his grandfather wanted. Um, And shortly after going to school, Hiroshi marries a woman named Mikado Anaba. And if... Mm. Oh, yeah. So I fucked this up by calling him Mickey Rooney, but Anaba was also the the last (laughs) name of his father. Um, So... Are we talking about Ooh. some cousin touching here? Maybe. Sounds like it could. Are we going to hit that, mm-hmm. hit that roast Morton bell? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> now it's getting spicy. Uh, unfortunately, hate to break it to you, this was not cousin touching because Mikado came from a like very high-ranking samurai lineage that could trace their family mm. back like 
you know, like centuries and centuries. So, and Hiroshi's dad was just like some dude that probably had a big dick and banged his wife, you know, they banged some chick from Nintendo. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. yeah. The ultimate weapon. Yeah. Goes a long yeah. way. <laughs> Speaking of Hiroshi's dad, deadbeat dad, he becomes sick around this time, like post-war, and tries to contact Hiroshi. And Hiroshi just straight up refuses to acknowledge him. He's like, I don't care if you're sick. Go fuck yourself. He should. With the amount of shame that comes from dad leaving. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not? Get out of here. Get out of here. Dad, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he left. Grandma and Grandpa were fun. They shit. weren't. Yeah, left him when he was five. It's like, mm, you, don't, you yeah. don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> so there might be more shame involved in picking that dialogue up again. Maybe. No, hey, son, mm. how you been? Yeah, I've been out there uh, uh, farming. <laughs> it's that whole cuck thing coming back again, where, like, you know, if you take him back at that point after such dishonor, then you're the guy right. yeah. for bringing him back <laughs> into the fold. Look, I know you're, like, in your 20s almost, but uh, I, I figured we'd have to talk. Are you, like, cranking your pecker yet? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that he made the mistake yeah. in sending, like, a Hallmark card and not, a, like, a Nintendo card. You know, he's like, how dare you do your son other than me? So this is kind of where the picture of Hiroshi right now. We've got like a little rebellious boy, right? Like he's got his, he's a playboy. He's got his hair swept down. But this these kind of interactions with his dad, at least in the book that I was reading, um, what I'll get into um, kind of uh, is where Hiroshi got his cold stern businessman type of mentality the guy just could like shut people off shut down and like you know once once you fucked with him like you're done you know what i mean like it's over like i don't if you fucked me mm -hmm. like forget it i'm writing you out of everything would you say he had a don't fuck around attitude? Yeah. He's like, don't you ever <laughs> fuck around now don't you ever yeah. fuck around this is how to make it very western friendly with many dmx references um just to tie up his dad altogether because he doesn't really he's not really gonna come into play his dad dies in his late 20s and hiroshi did not attend his funeral or did attend his funeral and when he did attend the funeral he met his half sisters and his aunts and his aunts were like you look exactly like your father um, and this, this was like the only time that Hiroshi actually broke from this like stone cold, stone faced man. And he was said to have like actually openly cried. And he said one of the biggest regrets of his life was not rec reconciling with his father. But this experience would make him even more hard and jaded as Nintendo grew. I mm. see it as an anime scene, right? right? No problems. Yeah. yeah, there's there's rain falling. Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> the, the, the dripping. Yeah, that music building in the background. There's mm -hmm. a lot of like oh, big yeah. anime <laughs> moments in the script. Like you could you can picture it. It's like something out of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> well, it's because most animes are based on real events. Yeah, like Girls mm -hmm. und Panzer, with anime girls uh, riding yeah. on a Panzer that Krupp built. <laughs> um, so jumping back into it when Hiroshi was 21 his grandfather had a stroke but lived 
So his grandfather was like, all right, we need to prepare Hiroshi because like, I'm probably not going to make it around for that much longer. He's got to be the president of Nintendo. And so they went to Hiroshi like, hey, do you want to be president of Nintendo? Like, he has to at least say yes. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, force the kid to do it. And Hiroshi was mm -hmm. like, I'll take over the company under one condition. He said that mm -hmm. I will be the only member of the family working at Nintendo. Nintendo. I don't want ever to be questioned that I am like the heir to Nintendo because there was like other family members working at Nintendo and like it was like a kind of a family run business. And he's like, fuck, they have to go in order for me to work here. Wouldn't that be yeah. just a very strong no then? All right, we'll just have someone else do it because, you know, it's just a company. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, someone I, who I, won't make a family reunion awkward. Yeah, I heard that too, and I'm like, shit. I don't know how many others were actually working in the company at that time. Like, if it's two guys and they were shitheads, it's like okay. But if it's like 14 people and they're head of development, it's like, right. Ooh. So I think there were a few, but the one big one, I guess, was Hiroshi's cousin. I think he was pretty high up the ladder at the company. And so his grandfather was not very happy that, you know, he had to fire, you know, Hiroshi's cousin. But he's like, if I don't fire him, then he's not going to take the position. So in 1947, uh, Hiroshi's grandfather fires this cousin and Hiroshi becomes the third president of Nintendo. <clears throat> this is dumb. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Because it's like th they're also taking a huge gamble. Somebody who's already working there versus this is is this also essentially his first like legit big job at that point? Because you said what he's late twenties. Uh, no, right? so I kind of jumped forward a little bit when I talked about his dad dying. Okay. He's like, I think. Hold on, wait. So he's he's around like twenty three, twenty four, taking over this massive Long company. Fingered, yeah. yeah. Long fingernails, nails, hair down, yeah. asshole. You're just yep. giving it to him? Like, that's... Oof. Dude, when I was 24, I was still passing out in, like, public <laughs> bathrooms and, like, random bar <laughs> nights and shit like that. Like, oh, here, you're a multimillionaire yeah. now. You run this company. There's a lot in the name in that fucking yeah, culture. Holy exactly. Shit. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, Hiroshi... Yeah, this is, like, we're entering, like, the 50s. Hiroshi kind of kept Nintendo in its lane. They're mainly producing playing cards... He did broker a licensing agreement with Walt Disney to make Walt Disney Hanafuna cards, which I think probably are worth like lots of money now if you have them. If you just so happen to be cleaning out your shoe boxes and find some Nintendo Hanafuna cards, like uh, might want to get them rated. Is that what the Pokemon kids do? <laughs> yeah, graded. <laughs> yep. Send them over to Wada, get that shit, let them put a number on there. It doesn't yep. matter what the number is. All of a sudden, your value goes up by 10,000%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but these Nintendo cards sold like hotcakes. I think it sold 600,000 packs in like the first like three months or something like that. Like just to have mm -hmm. some Disney like set of Hanafuna, which is also really weird because like I said, like there's 12 suits of cards. And they're all just like very cryptic. Like it's like the crane over the river and the like, I don't know, the mountains and the juniper berries or whatever. But like it's the same thing with like Mickey Mouse. Like the Mickey Mouse shits in the creek. Like we have that set and like <laughs> Goofy stomping on a toad. <laughs> like here's Donald Duck playing Russian roulette for fun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> something like that. It's real, I guess they didn't have dark stuff like that in Japan. Everything was happy. Yeah, 
before they we bombed it. <laughs> we, we ruined everything in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. All happiness, all joy. Tom, I think we need to do go back into Japanese history a little bit for you, because I remember when we were talking, Connor and I were like, you haven't heard of the rape of Nanking? Japanese, Japanese people say. were not very happy before <laughs> we bombed them. I don't know about yeah. that. They seemed fine. <laughs> <laughs> I read that story that circulated Reddit about the guy who was in both cities when they were bombed because he didn't want to be late for work or something. Whoa, look how happy he is. He's doing it for his family. That's great. All right, so, so something <laughs> that I always thought was really interesting and like funny about Japanese companies is that they love to diversify their products. Like, and usually they don't end up in America, but like you have like weird shit like, you know, Mitsubishi making like toasters or like toilet paper mm-hmm. or some shit or like owning like pachinko machines or some, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, look at Yamaha. That's like the high end speakers and jet skis. Yeah, yeah right. Why not? It's just like they just have the shotgun approach, which I feel like would just be really funny if they did that in the States. It's like, I don't know, the Budweiser, you know, the the Budweiser uh, Boeing 57, the, the Budweiser 57. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if we did that, we wouldn't have lost Xenia. <laughs> Good old Zenith. They would have covered if Zenith just made a gun, they would still be here in terms of the industry. Exactly. Yeah. They would be here. Maybe not making tube TVs anymore, but they'd be yeah. here in our lives. But they chose to cheap out. So during the sixties, Hiroshi takes uh the, the Nintendo company into this like smorgasbord uh route of like just doing whatever with the company. So um his first strange product that was like breaking away from cards was individually portioned instant rice. I don't really know what's that. Like, I don't know if it was little sacks of rice and you just like, I don't know, throw it in the oven or something like that didn't work. I don't want, I don't want to buy Nintendo rice. This is weird. You know, you have a culture where they just rice yeah. everything. Like they know how yeah. many rice they're going to eat. Like I, I know Americans are terrible with rice. You know, always make too much or not enough and, and burn it every single time over there. And then countries actually make the shit. It's like, yeah, I could see how many rice is going to need. Right. Americans Americans love their Uncle Ben's. Because how much rice is an American going to eat? You know what I mean? Instant rice is great. But like you're saying, like, every yeah. house has a rice cooker in Japan. <laughs> this is this yeah. is part of their culture. You don't need someone to separate yeah. it for you. I now really want to go on eBay and see if I can buy some fucking Nintendo <laughs> rice. <laughs> if it's actually out there, I'll eat it. That can be Hell a Patreon yeah. uh, thing. <laughs> Um, so Nintendo opened up a subsidiary called Daya, which was a taxi cab company. Um, and that came to a crashing end when Hiroshi had like a bitter battle with the taxi unions. And he's just like, unions hate those. Fuck you. We're done with this. No more taxis. <laughs> so you're telling me Hiroshi here cooks with gas. Yeah. He's trying to get shit done. Now, you know, I mentioned this guy didn't fuck around. He's very cold. I'm going to talk about a passion project that Hiroshi had. Nintendo opened up love hotels, which were hotels uh, you paid per hour in Kyoto. Nice. Yep. Also known as whorehouses. (laughs) (laughs) I was glad you hit on this. I was like, I did not know that. Before researching this, I was like, wow, okay. That's that's a little bit of interesting history right there. 
<laughs> I want to think that there's at least one still around, but it's like all branded now. Like you go into one room, it's a Donkey Kong yeah. room, you room. You're banging under Princess. Do you Peach. think they'd collab with like a Bad Dragon for the Yoshi room? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, imagine pitching that to like the zoning boards and stuff when you're building. It's a game room. They're games for hours and hour game. Get it? Come in, play some Donkey Kong. <laughs> you plug the controller in. I don't tell you where. You just plug it in. Exactly. <laughs> you have one hour to beat the high score. <laughs> oh shit! It's I'm not going to cut that out. I've decided now. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, we're starting the accents now. <laughs> you don't have to. Don't feel the pressure unless you want to dive in. Jim, I'm waiting for you to do the Cartman the whole time he's talking. As as long as it's an Eastern Cartman, then he's cooking. <laughs> the lacking discipline? <laughs> ah, I was, I was waiting for the perfect time for that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Nintendo Whorehouse. Love it, love it, love it. Mm -hmm. Now, I say this is a passion project because Hiroshi was hanging his Donkey Kong out for all the ladies of Kyoto, right? We Now, we don't have too many details because, again, the Japanese are very discreet and cagey about a lot of this stuff, but Hiroshi seemed to be a player, and he was getting around, not very uh, true to his wife. Um, maybe there's more details in Japan, because, like, I found there wasn't a lot of, like, English um, books on this guy. There was mainly, like, one or two. Uh, so maybe that information's out there, but I don't speak Japanese. So. Was he kind of like a Linda B. Johnson where he'd have a business meeting and just, like, sit there with his dick out the whole time? Because he's just, like, rocking a massive mahogany. <laughs> That's a power play that I feel like he totally would be about, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in 1969, Hiroshi created a, a division he creatively named Games. 1969 or 59? Yeah, 1969. Okay. Mm. Uh, games, yeah, the, eh? Yeah, Games. Now, enter one of Nintendo Nintendo's biggest stars and biggest stars in the video game industry in general, Gumpai Kyoto. Kiyoyo. Koyo, Kyoko. There we go. <laughs> Gumpie. Gumpie. Yeah, I remember uh, Gumpie playing as him in Tony Hawk 3. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, Bam Margera, and Gumpie. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Gumpie created the Game Boy, uh, along with many other Nintendo classics. Now, actually, Gumpie was part of the maintenance team in Nintendo who repaired, like, you know, the presses that made these Hanafuna cards. And then he, one day he's just, like, called up to Hiroshi's office and he's like, I just you're gonna join this R and D team. You gotta make me games. Like imagine just being like basically a janitor at a job or like mm. you know a maintenance dude, and then like the head boss is like, ah, oh, you know what? You gonna make this business a lot of money. Imagine mm -hmm. a Japanese remake of UHF where Stanley Spadowski, uh, which we'd have to <laughs> rebrand. I don't know. I, I haven't done my market research, but you get it. He goes from uh, the the mop wielding moron to the TV genius. Is this Gumpai? Yeah, that's yep. Gumpai. Awesome. <laughs> My ma. I just watched that recently. Fucking love that. Right. So, so he asks Hiroshi, he's like, "Well, what do, what do I make?" He's like, Hiroshi's like, "You have to make something big for Nintendo to sell this Christmas." And Gumpai's like, "What do I make?" And Hiroshi just said, "Something great." <laughs> Perfect. Let's do it. Perfect direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the first toy that Gumpai 
created was something called the Ultra Hand, which basically was one of those, you know, like the oh, grab- I those too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic yeah. adult toy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the Ultra Hand was, you know, the one of those grabbers that old people use to pick up shit? You know? It's kind of like that. You squeeze it, and the hand comes out and grabs something. I mean, it's like Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. Was he the first? So that's what they called fun in post nuke uh, Japan, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, my knees got blown off in the war, so I'm going to need to be reaching that rice. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But look at this. Yeah. But, but, Travis, are you you trying to imply that the Ultra Hand isn't great? Dude, I'm telling you, Ultra Hand, I think, was one of the best Nintendo games out there. Awesome. Like, fuck Smash Brothers. I just have an Ultra Hand. It's fucking great. <laughs> Makes I me loved, happy. I love looking at all the little ads and commercials they had for it, too. Like, the <laughs> Japanese family sitting around, and, like, the little kid is, like, grabbing shit off the top of the bookshelves, and the little girl's, like, just randomly passing her dad a red ball. It's like, no, come on. Hey, that None was a pretty that honorable pickup, son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He drops yeah, it. He quick, can't eat for a week. How quickly was the ultra hand removed when you know the the son is grabbing your chopsticks off the table mm-hmm. and you get, give me that fucking thing? Yeah, all right, the garbage. <laughs> so from there, Nintendo would release a whole line of ultra toys. The Ultra Machine pitched baseballs indoors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm assuming these baseballs were soft. Cause, you know. uh, I imagine that commercial. They have perfect for Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> Every broken window. Roshi, not again. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo joined up. They were also opening window business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what you got to do is you got to create a market. Okay? It's not <laughs> yeah. just entering one. <laughs> oh, Tommy, you want to hear some high-tech shit here? I love the ultra, The Ultrascope, which was basically a periscope that could see around corners. Real goofy and gaggy shit. Nice. <laughs> Ooh. It's really sick. Really now, really you sick. could use a periscope for some risque hentai uh, set pieces, right? Like, oh my god, I was gonna I say, see you around the corner, right? H- hence the culture now, <laughs> right? Yeah. But now we're gonna talk about a real risque game that Gunpie created, and this was the Love Tester. So basically, uh, two kids would hold hands and then hold this thing, you know, and that make it creates one of those electro currents and the light lights up, right? Yeah. You did that yeah. in school. It was basically that. Now the thing was, was holding hands in taboo or holding hands in Japan. Was very taboo, so uh, this was seen as like, oh, I can half confirm that I went on a date with a Chinese woman and she wouldn't hold my hand, and I left. <laughs> she said, she said to me with all in all sincerity, she said to me when I w- went to grab her hand, she goes, I don't like PDAs, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Public displays of affection. Oh. Mm. All right. See, bitch. <laughs> I don't like palm pilots. No, you don't want to <laughs> just throw their phone in the fucking pond. Yeah, what? Wait, you don't want to make out with a Jew? <laughs> <laughs> Damn racist. About <laughs> to spin that around. Oh, what a bad date. My God. But anyway, she didn't want to sound racist. She just wanted to be, she was like, she walked in and she's like, oh no, one of these. Uh, I don't hold hands. I don't do any of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. You up close. Eh. 
I, by the way, I swear, when I was looking up the, these items that we're talking about and the love tester, I thought it looked like the Church of Scientology meter. Oh, it does. It so yeah. does look like one of those. I mean, it's probably the same thing. They probably, probably bought it from Nintendo. Yeah, they're like, oh, I could just put different knobs, and there we go. <laughs> yep. It's almost like if you were holding, like, two two people were holding a one controller, and there's, like, one little knob sticking out from each side, right? It's basically the Wiimote, or the uh, Switch Motes, remotes. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the same you, thing. Congratulations, you are fertile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Hiroshi said that the only way that this... Uh, risque love tester would work in America as if uh, the kids kissed. Like It would not work unless if these kids were smooching. Yeah. That, because yeah. Americans' hands are so dry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it doesn't make contact the right way. Now, now, this is something that I found the most interesting about. And also, the love hotels is probably the biggest thing. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't know this, that apparently Nintendo's first big break would be kind of an amusement park arcade staple that you wouldn't think of um so have you guys ever have you guys been to the jersey shore you guys are close to the jersey oh, yeah, right yeah. love the oh, jersey yeah. shore right um you ever go and it's not exclusive the jersey shore but they have those light gun machines where like you it's like a shooting gallery and you mm -hmm. hit something and then like it explodes or it falls over and like it's all these little targets oh yeah mm -hmm. nintendo invented that tech uh, it was called the Nintendo Beam Gun. Um, so Nintendo set up this whole line of shooting ranges in Japan. It was actually more popular than bowling at a time to go to these shooting ranges where you shoot ducks and cans and shit and they fall over. Um, That's more yeah. popular than bowling? It was in the 70s. Now I'm sure bowling is... Uh, I'm going to assume that their max bowl over there was like eight pounds then. A bunch yeah. of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said, crap. Tom, they're, they're, they're small people. They're, their hands are too wet. They're slipping with the balls. They can't he can't hold on to the shit. So much shame. A gutter, <laughs> uh, imagine a gutter ball for that. You have to tell your family. <laughs> I mean, oh. Everyone just plays with the bumpers even when they're 50, even the competitive leagues, just to not have that dishonor. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, if you have those bumpers up, you're, you're basically, oh, yeah. you're going to get killed. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and we're talking about a country i need an ultra hand i need an extender to grab balls off a goddamn bookshelf so they can't <laughs> be bowling come on <laughs> yeah you put the gutters down and just like a one of those tiny japanese knives come out of the fucking bowling thing yeah there you go. <laughs> all right well that's that's another disappointing thing to know about japan uh, continue <laughs> i always loved those things when i was a kid you guys like those i mean i don't know Hiroshi wanted more from his games department. I'm not even talking about video games yet. Uh, but as the 1970s rolled on, the first wave of video game consoles took the world by storm. And, you know, this is like the Atari with Pong. You've got Magnavox, Commodores, all those boys. All like the shit where you're like, what am I looking at? I don't understand there's just lights flashing, and everyone's like, oh, my God. I see four blocks and three colors. This is real life. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Before we roll in, into any more of this, Brian, Jim, what are your oldest consoles? Like, what are your experiences on, on these kind of ancient pieces of hardware? Anything? I was 
I was the NES. That was my my first console. Um, I knew I actually learned about the Atari much later because nobody I knew except for my one cousin had one. And I remember distinctly being whatever, seven or eight, having the NES and then seeing that. And I was like, why would you ever play that when you could play this? Like, like there, there was such a delta. But yeah, the NES was my starting point. Right now, sure. I have an Atari 2600 hooked up. I have a ColecoVision hooked up. I have a random, like, it's almost like an old Pong console, but it's like a breakout and pinball, like, kind of clone system. I have some Magnavox Odyssey 2 games just sitting there. I don't have a console, but. Like, I have some of those games sitting over there. So, like, I grew up, my brother's 11 years older than me, so he had a Genesis. So they saw that I really like video games, so they're like, oh, we have an Atari in the attic. So they brought it down. So if you want to get a kid into Atari, you have to, like, do it when their heads are all soft and mushy. So they can look at a game that's, like, you know, Frogbog or, you know, Yars Revenge, and they can still think it's fun and shit like that. So then you go up with the nostalgia for it. Because I can tell you, it's like a guy with, like, a, a gaming YouTube page, like, I've done videos on like Atari and shit like that. And not like our videos ever get like huge numbers anyway, but even by our standards, those were just like, like no one cares except for like a very niche audience. Well, shit, every kid today, they're going to first see shit on phones and iPads and tablets, which blow old systems out of the water. Do you you mean um, Raid Shadow Legends? Do you mean our kids are going to see that before they get to see anything like that people had to work on <sighs> even though it's kind of yeah. come full circle because I, minecraft kind of just looks like a fancier version of an atari game it's all blocks it's mm-hmm. true yeah do you do you think that these kids when like these games came out like the dreaded et do you think that they were like because i because we grew up we're all roughly the same age here but we grew up mm-hmm. in, a, in a very like evolutionary part of video games we went from like the whole bit generation that we're going to go into. Do you think there was kids in the 70s that were like, this looks so real, it's never going to get any more real than that? Because like I feel like when Ocarina or something came out my age, I was like, this is so real. You know, yeah. and it's like, you look at it now, you're like, is that a supposed to be a guy? What is that, a potato? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to, to Tom's point and to what we've been saying, you figure, shit, 70s, 60s, before that, like, what else do kids do? They fucking play with ultra arms, stick on a ball. Like, so yeah. seeing something electronic that you were interacting with probably just blew their minds. I don't think it was necessarily like, this looks real. I think it was like, holy shit, technology is so crazy. We can do this thing. Because you had like arcade cabinets, but even those were whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it was completely mind blowing. Just like, yeah, like you said, when I saw PS1, and especially if they had, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I'm blanking on the goddamn acronym, but the L- video Lowercroft within sits. it. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Nice. But yeah, even the polygon stuff, I'm like, wow, we're in 3D now. like, And it looked terrible. But yeah, I think they had a full appreciation, thought, how could it get better? Just like we mistakenly do all the time, even today. Like You're like, yeah. 4K, what what do you need better than that? And then, I think we, we've definitely entered the point of... Um, the uncanny valley for like sure push it oh, yeah. you know p- pushing it into super realistic thing is a it's kind of a buzzkill in a way like i'm not interested in playing something like that I- i'd rather see something that's like goofier yeah uh, you yeah, want to exaggerate breaking kayfabe right now i like to play some games yeah, um, but yeah <laughs> I, you know i want to see some fun shit yeah yeah i well yeah. Like, we just both got ps5s and it's like we're using 
I'm like, I'm using a 12 year old TV that I haven't hooked up into. It's like, shit, now I got to buy a 4K TV to see if it like it really is that kind of leap. Yeah. Like, right. You know, oh, what was me? I had to buy a new TV. But, you know, imagine if they made remade like L.A. Noir today. Oh, dude, it would look How crazy. It would be. It's like, oh, awesome. I'm never going to play that. That seems like an exercise in, like, what can we do? How can we make this real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, it's escapism and the feeling of getting away. It will get to that sad point of they somehow just mimic it. Like, the Uncanny val- Valley, I think, one day will be overcome with technology. Sure. And it'll be so sad because people are like, I like my virtual life so much better than I like my real life. It's already because, happening. That's, yeah, that's already yeah. here. I was going to say it's already happening with the metaverse. They just couldn't They couldn't figure out how to digitally make legs look that realistic. So they took them out. <laughs> like, you don't even need them. Who likes legs anyway? Your knees always hurt. Your hips get fucked. We're getting rid of them. Shout to Cripple Jesus. It's not that good. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back to the story. Let's yeah. find out what these ch- yeah. people thought of the console world. So speaking about the Magnavox, Jim, uh, Yamauchi was actually able to score the rights to distribute the Magnavox Odyssey in Japan. So he was like distributing the Magnavox Odyssey. But Yamauchi wanted to have his own breakthrough prod uh, product like he's like all right well i'm like selling this american made system but i want to have like a nintendo game system yeah why not? Mm-hmm. so i as i mentioned he set up these uh these r&d teams right and um they're kind of working in the games department and he's like all right r&d teams we have to start making a console because i don't want to be distributing magnavox's shit um what do you now, do the, you think there was like a there was every a moment in the company where they're like, hey, stop making calculators. Let's do something fun. Oh, this would happen all the time. That was one thing I was going to talk about. Like, if you worked for Nintendo, Yamauchi would, like, tell, like put you on a project. And, like, you would spend, like, years. Like, you know, this is, like, Japanese work ethic. Like, where you, like, don't see your family for years. Mm-hmm. You, you get on the fucking shitty train. You put your head down. You like after work, maybe you'd like secretly go and buy some hentai from like some guy in an alley. <laughs> and then it would show up on Yamauchi's desk and he would just be like, no, like he wouldn't <laughs> even give you criticism. He's just like, nope. And then your project was killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to think in like some weird universe, the Japanese have tricked us into thinking that's what they're doing. But their whole like, oh, my work is so important, but in reality, it's just to avoid their wives and children. Well, they did have love hotels, so I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh yes, I, I got to put in. I got to work easy, easy sixty-five hours this week. Yeah, and I commute for four hours. I it's actually know. like it's actually like Scandinavia. Like they don't work at all. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just like Fred. This is the fourth time that you've pitched this love hotel. Jesus Christ! It's like, no, I, it's going to work this time. Trust me. I, I <laughs> I appreciate it, but I don't think Nintendo is trying to be selling white pants. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the big problems with him being like, all right, let's make a game console is that in Japan, like going along this work ethic is like you work for a company till you die. Like is there's company brand loyalty. Like once you work, it's like the salary man. It's a whole they call it the salary man. You, see, you work for your salary, you work for the company. So poaching talent out of these like high tech jobs from places like Sony or, um, you know, uh, Yamaha or any of these places was really hard because people just wouldn't leave. You can't just like take 
the head tech guy and put him in your company. So in 1977, Yamauchi made probably one of the best career uh, moves of his career by hiring a fresh college graduate named Shigeru Miyamoto, mm -hmm. the creator the of Mario. Shigeru Miyamoto, I mean, probably the biggest name in video game industry ever. He uh, looks younger than me still. Very he does. Weird. He, <laughs> he does. does. He look, He's ridiculously just like, he's a guy you look at. It's just like, man, this guy's almost never had a bad day in his life. I know. And he probably doesn't drink or have actual fun. Like, it's part of the bit. Right. So we have that. We have that on him, boys, right? Yeah. That's well, goddamn right. <laughs> well, I imagine him like he's just kind of on acid naturally every day. It would be really funny if in the near future we find out that Miyamoto is actually like a serial killer. That would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's why his face looks so young, because it's other people's faces that he's just been... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> grafting onto his face, mm -hmm. and no one will ever care either. No one will ever care if you make Mario. Tire uh, group of schoolroom children or school children <laughs> murdered in his basement. It is me. Yeah, he doesn't even get the catchphrase right. I like they would be fun because he's given a lot of kids joy. So I think it weighs out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, let's call it a wash. The new Jimmy Zelda's coming out, dude. He ate babies. Yeah, but the new Zelda looks like it's yeah. pretty good. Listen, how much? How many of us still listen to Thriller? I mean, there's there's certain things that you just go. It is what it is. There's quality. <laughs> Sometimes a song slaps. You know me. I'm in the shower listening to Chris Brown. You know, so. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So Nintendo's first far uh, foray. I was. I usually don't use that word in common language. I don't know it's why. Weird, I wrote yeah. it. Nintendo's first foray into the video game industry was in 1977 when they hired Shigeru. And it was the Color TV Game 6. And this was a partnership with Mitsubishi. Again, like another mm -hmm. one of those weird things. Oh, Mitsubishi, motorcycles. Like, no, we're also going to make, you know, TV game TVs. consoles. Yeah, the like Hong. yeah. The Mitsubishi Galant is a fine vehicle. Yeah. My best friend's first car. Yep. <laughs> but Sorry. yeah, what do you call it? The TV game system just like... They released like what, like ten of them, didn't they? And it's all just like a thousand different versions of Pong every way. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, oh, this I one's was... hockey now. Oh, this one's soccer now. I was gonna say the sequel to the game six was uh wait for it, the color TV game fifteen. Had fifteen Whoa. games on there, dude. Fuck, and again, it's man. like what you were saying, Jim, it's like it, here's Pong, but the black background's blue. Here's Pong where the background is red. You know, like <laughs> Well, it started a long tradition God. for Nintendo, just like repackaging the same crap for 30 years straight, but still being like, oh, it's a plumber who jumps on shit. Oh, a plumber who jumps on shit again. And we've just been playing the same thing again and again, and we get stuck into it every yeah. time. This time you can throw a hat. <laughs> How many Yoshis can you idiots make? <laughs> but this one's purple now. Now this one's made of wool. It's got a whole island. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> We're going to put in a baby that cries the entire time, a baby that's being eaten by Miyamoto, and they record the sound, and that's where that sound comes from. <laughs> <laughs> that sound came from the basement of Miyamoto's house. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. In Minecraft. Right? You just throw yeah. that in there. In yeah. Minecraft. Um, so they release these consoles great. Like I said, they're not amazing. It's just Pong um, repackaged. And Yamauchi wants more, though. All right. And he had seen the rise of the personal computer. You know, right? We're talking about like Apple coming out on the scene now. We did a Jobs episode that, again, could be redone because it's probably Don't shit. just stop mentioning the old episode. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing them up. I'm going to keep bringing them up. 
Yamauchi had an idea. He's like, guess what? We're going to come out with a personal computer, but we're going to disguise it as a game console. So it's going to be a secret internet machine, right? Like, we're, you could go on the internet with this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. You can print boobs. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Except> maybe. <laughs> yep. Virt virtual love hotel streaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And X hamster was born. Um, <laughs> man of taste. <laughs> yeah. So his team went to work and Yamushi was like, the thing is, we need to make this thing as cheap as possible. But again, this has to be like this Trojan horse of like personal computers, because I guess in the late 70s, early 80s, like a personal computer was like really intimidating because people were like, I don't know what I'm going to use this for. I love one of the biggest selling points of early personal computers was that you could make a grocery list, but you couldn't print the grocery mm -hmm. list. You could just type it on up. Be like, I need apples, chicken, uh, sardines, and squids. And then <laughs> you just look at it, and you have to memorize it. So mm -hmm. It weighed 600 pounds. It cost five yeah. grand. And you're like, ah, oh, I have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> well, the future's here. We can relax now. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. It's all up from here, boys. Uh... <laughs> so Don't he's... forget those apples. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's like, we have to make this thing a game console. So there's going to be no mouse or keyboard or modem that like sells with this machine. It just needs to like have the ability to do that. Like we're going to have those ports there. It's like backwards from Apple where like they take away ports. Mm -hmm. He had extra ports in there. They're giving them back now, okay? Lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> the first real success came from the new employee, Shigeru Miyamoto, with the arcade game Donkey Kong. Mm. Um, now, it was not too successful in Japan, so these developers would create something, and you know he'd drive them like dogs, like sticking to hard deadlines, whatever, and they'd be working overtime. And then you would just show up with this finished game, and it would, you'd put it in front of Yamauchi, who didn't play games. He'd have someone else play the game, and he'd sit there and drink whiskey, like just like chugging back whiskey, and like in a Roman like a Roman emperor, he just thumbs up or thumbs down, and depending on that, like all of that work was just like out the window. Like there was no like revision. It was just like right. no. So so just imagine if like. The world was run by Twitch viewers. That's what I was about to say. I was yep. like, he's the original <laughs> yeah. Twitch viewer. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, so right? he's so visionary. He's like, one day we're not even gonna play. We're gonna watch other people play for us. <laughs> and, and he he's really putting his money where his mouth is. Like mm -hmm. that's a like I'm not even gonna bother to feel any controller or anything like that. Look, if I was in his position, I would shut everyone down for fun. Mm -hmm. But. <laughs> He's he's at least just drinking whiskey in front of them and making it terrible. Yeah. So I respect yeah. that. Travis, you're right. I do like this guy a lot. <laughs> I kind of saw it as like somebody who was like a vegan, like making a menu for a hamburger joint. And they're actually making like like meat hamburgers. Right. Like Travis and Tom, I do have to ask one question, though. And doing your research, did you figure out did he have a specific type of whiskey? Was it Japanese whiskey? Was it American? Was it Irish? Like, I assume Japanese, but did he have a specific brand he liked? He liked scotch. Oh, okay. Um, so he went scotch. Okay. 
I do know something about Japanese whiskey is that it's relatively new and only within the last 40 years or 40? so. Yeah. In 1980, while developing the Family Computer, or Famicon, mm-hmm. Nintendo partnered up with Sharp to create the Game & Watch, which mm-hmm. is basically a shitty handheld tiger game. That the only reason why anyone knows about the Game & Watch is because they made the stupid nondescript man in Smash Brothers. Uh, it's one of the best characters, though. Yeah, it just he, he does throw eggs and bacon on people, so yeah. I can appreciate that. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you hit it with that sign and it says nine, and you just crush him, you're like, "Fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, do, do you guys own a Game and Watch? Or, or the, I feel like they're expensive, right? The, they've gone up. I own the newer ones that have come out in the last couple years, but I also have uh, one of the collections on the Game Boy. And oh, okay. like, I guess when you have nothing else, you can consider them fun. But like all of them are kind of just like boring after about like five minutes. Like right. you're chasing, but some of them are just like super simple. You're just like juggling a ball in one of them or just trying to like, it's almost like digital whack-a-mole. But like you said, like playing it on a watch. So it's it's literally like you said, it's a tiger electronics, like the little handhelds. That's yeah. exactly what even it though is. they still are still kind of better than the tiger ones that came out 20 years later, surprisingly enough. That's questionable. I remember I had so many weird little tiger. I feel like everyone that wanted to get a kid a video game, but they didn't want to pay video game prices would be like, I don't know. The kid likes video games. Here's an X-Man tiger game. Hell yeah. And instead of buying a Game Boy and then all the the cost for whatever the Game Boy was brand new and each individual game. Yeah. Here's a tiger. Like, there you go. Yeah. And they they're reselling the old ones too. It's like because like they realize that like anyone our age group will buy anything from our childhood again. So like the straight up tigers, they're reselling them again for like twenty bucks a pop. And like I see them, and like part of my brain's like, oh shit! Like you never had this one, you want this one. And you're like, wait, no, these are all terrible, and you'll never use it. Like you haven't. <laughs> I have enough plastic crap sitting around my basement right now that like I don't need more. See this this is where uh, I go to what we talked about earlier. I gave my son. He's in Spider Man. I got him a Spider-Man Tiger Electronics. That's one of his first video games. I'm like, you ain't going right to the great shit. You're going to start with some terrible stuff like I did. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Yep. All right. So the Famicom or NES that we know in America was, was released in Japan in 1983. It had a whopping 2,000 bytes of RAM. (laughs) Bytes. This is a megabytes. I feel like Kids don't even know they want, yeah. what a byte is. You know, it starts at gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was an instant success, and the whole leading up to the release of this game, Yamauchi had been a hellraiser when it came to uh, the chip suppliers and parts, uh, changing specs on the Famicom overnight. So he demanded, you know, if they if they had like a change to the system or they wanted to penny pinch out a single comp- component, they would call up the distributors and be like, change all of this, throw out everything or else you're not working with Nintendo. You know what I mean? And this became like a common trend of Nintendo. Like if you did not meet everything that they wanted you to meet, you were thrown out. Like there was no negotiating, like you're off. Um, so 500,000 Famicons, or 500,000 Famicons flew off the shelves in two months. Um, and they sold for the modern equivalent of about $450. Uh, nice. So six months later, most of the systems were crashing. 
they all started. This is why you never buy first generation of anything. Mm-hmm. Because even back nope. then in, in the 80s, all the systems started crashing. And Yamauchi did something unheard of. He recalled all of the Famicons. Nintendo lost millions of yen. Um, but it was a smart move in the long run because they had loyal customers, right? They took the big loss. They're already a big company. But now you've got this Famicom, the Trojan horse that's going to be the personal computer of Japan. So you said he, he they lose uh, millions of yen. Was that $34,000? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, $420. That's it. $420. That's it. Well, you know, loyalty comes at a price. Small price to pay to reestablish <laughs> your honor. Yes. Yeah. And, and and Trav, as you're talking about this, I mean, this goes along with one of his guiding principles with the Famicom and, and the NES, which was the official, like, that Nintendo seal of approval. The, yeah. the That stamp, which he used as a way of saying, like, we're not going to do what Atari did and have the video game crash again, because you're not going to have shitty indie developers putting stuff on. We're, we're saying we've quality tested it, so it has a seal that you see on the black box and pretty much every nes game i think but yeah that's an official release you get that seal right so to go along with that seal and that seal was very very important to jump off of what you're saying if you wanted to become a licensee for the famicon or nintendo you had to basically bend over and get fucked by the giant Mm -hmm. donkey dick that was nintendo (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um so first of all the icebreaker meeting with yamauchi would usually be a game of go in silence um, while he drank whiskey. And now keep in mind, Go eventually, or um, keep in mind, Yamauchi, by the end of his life, would be a ninth Dan in Go. So that's like the equivalent of like one of the best chess players in the world, right? So you just a sit- ninth Dan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, do the, they do karate. What the fuck is this? An Irish family? <laughs> no, they do, karate- <laughs> they do karate belts for yeah. Go. Yeah. So you basically you're a black belt nine times over. All right. Yeah. Uh, ah. Fucking cool, I guess. Somebody <laughs> hates games. Sure likes a game. So you'd sit there, play go, get your ass beat while he drinks whiskey. Um. Then you would have to agree to not only doing an upfront cost of all the cartridges, which Nintendo marked up as much as they could, you had to mm-hmm. buy the cartridges in advance, right? So you'd be doing the game. You're like, I want to get, you know, half a million cartridges, a million cartridges. They, You'd pay for these cartridges. You'd Then you have to get that Nintendo seal of approval. So you could be working on the game. You've already bought the cartridges. You send it to Nintendo, and they're like, nope, this doesn't meet our quality, you know, standard of quality. Too bad you bought those cartridges. You can't resell them because we'll come after you legally. And then on top of that, Nintendo took, I think, Nintendo took about 35% of the sales cuts of your game. So you're making like like no uh, money. It's like Steam. Yeah, well, they're basically. I mean, Nintendo were motherfuckers. And not only that, if you're like... If you were a third-party developer, eventually they only limited you to, like, five releases a year, too, so you weren't competing with Nintendo. Right, yeah, because Nintendo was also a software uh, company. They were creating their own games. They could um, limit the amount that you could release, and this also led to Yamauchi being called a, like, price fixer and, like, uh, you know, running a monopoly and all this. 
And now, also, the retailers were not uh, kept from Yamauchi's wrath. Basically, the console and the games were sold at a, at a fixed price. So, I mean, if you if you had to move stock, say if there was a shit game, like the worst game ever, you can't drop the price of it just to get it off your shelves. If you did, goodbye to any future Nintendo shipments. Uh, the, the most, mm. the hottest selling electronic, uh, you know, game. Because Yamauchi would be like, you drop the price on that? Nope, you're not getting our shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense why Blast Processing did so well later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> but also, that's that's what Nintendo does now, right? Like, because like, I oh, feel they're, yeah, their their games, their prices never go down. Their, their yeah, prices right? never go down, and all the practices, like, and I know we're gonna get to it, but like the the lineage that he left in mentality of Nintendo, and that. It's it's trickled down, and it's like so amazing that it still seeps into the market today. Because you're like, some of these games, how is it still the same? Pro- like, what the fuck right. is going on, dude, dude? Half the Switch library is just like barely updated remakes of games from the Wii U, but no one bought a Wii U, so they're like, oh, we'll just you know put this on the Switch now, but yeah. we'll still charge you sixty bucks and give you like one pack of DLC with it. But people still buy it, and then the fucking price doesn't go down for five years. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, I don't. I don't think there is any game out there that's worth sixty dollars ever. It's a volume mm. game. They put these monies on their arbitrary. Like, if I'm gonna spend sixty dollars on a disc or or a cartridge, it's not gonna be a game. It's gonna it's gonna be something crazy. Like, it's gonna be information that i need it's going to be nancy pelosi's uh investments after the 2008 market crash or lindsey graham getting pegged by fucking uh shane diesel or something it's gonna be good it's gonna be something i can use Tom, i have an ex- it's not gonna be a game i have an excellent cd-rom game that i purchased when i was a kid called the encyclopedia britannica you would love that one <laughs> <sighs> hours of clicking it's got full information. of information yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have Britannica 98 sitting in the shelf over here because I don't get rid of anything of course you don't <laughs> god damn it Jim of course you still have that um, yeah the, the, the games it doesn't make sense I mean like I get I get they have to make their money back but oh okay Breath of the Wild that's a $60 game but everything else I've seen in the last 15 years I they're not. Well, well, it, but you don't buy Nintendo, it'll be half price within three months at this point. Yeah. And what's yeah, fascinating no is, like, Tom, like what you're saying, if you look back at the old ads, like, I love people who post from, like, the 90s and shit, the ads we used to get for, like, Toys R Us and shit. Games were still 60 or 70 bucks back then. And the fact that the price still holds kind of today with inflation, I go, that's kind of impressive. Where, like, well, it, it shows you how much they're actually worth. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they, they're keeping that price point because it's all just made up money anyway. Yeah. Like when you have a stellar game, yeah, of course you want to sell it for as much as possible. But you could probably sell more if it was volume. I I, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's weird. Like the, what people in the gaming world pay for shit, I will never. Well, like sell. I bought a Switch last year, and I I paid sixty bucks for Breath of the Wild. Uh, and like yeah. I was like, what? That game came out like what? That's five, too much. Yeah, twenty seventeen <laughs> launch game. Yeah, the first like, game you know, that came like, out yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. And as good as that game is, it's like after two years, you gotta give someone a break. 
Well, right, but you could get like God of War, which is like a PlayStation exclusive or, or was until they released it on PC for like no dollars because it's been out on PlayStation I was, Plus. Or I just beat $10. that today for ten. I got ten dollars, and that game beats Breath of the Wild twelve times over, and I got it for ten dollars. To your point, like I literally got it dirt cheap, way better, and I'm like, I, I Jim and I have said this many times. The biggest problem I have with Nintendo fanboys. Is that they never stop feeding the machine that is that price point and the and what you're getting, and it just never goes away because I think they just have that genius of keep marketing to the younger and younger. Like I don't necessarily think it's guys that keep growing up that always get it. I think the young just keep shoveling out that money for it. Right, women yeah. need Triforce tattoos. All right, do not take that from them. <laughs> yeah, they're right gamers above, too, Jim. <laughs> yeah, right above the clitoral hood. I would need to see that Triforce, or I'm not need, getting a yeah, boner. You need a Majora's mask right in between the tits. Uh, you just got to do what you got to do. That's the difference between three months of OnlyFans and a year of OnlyFans, right there. All right? <laughs> yeah, if you look at like how any other form of media sells, it has a a time period in which they're that's the bulk of the selling mm-hmm. beyond that it just acts as a business card yeah. like get people in the door yeah. that's why you're able to get a ten dollar game that was six you were you can get god of war for nine dollars yeah now. yeah yeah because they already made their money on it mm-hmm. it's done right like the deal's done not nintendo <laughs> nope. yeah <clears throat> so one distributor said that they feared Yamauchi like a marionette fears a puppeteer. <laughs> if the company, if a company upset Nintendo, they would cut their strings. Hmm. I mean, that's a weird analogy. Maybe it's something Japanese because I don't know if marionettes actually feel anything. They do in Devil May Cry. So, uh... <laughs> is that a Japanese game? Yes, it was. Yeah. Capcom. Mm-hmm. Not on Nintendo. For some reasons that we will find out eventually. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> another th- another thing that was on the top of Yamauchi's list was piracy. Nintendo has always been very big on anti-piracy. Obviously, any company is big on anti-piracy, but they go a little bit further than most. Um, uh, and this main focus of piracy would eventually almost topple the company with some very piss poor decisions under Yamauchi's reign later on down the road. Um, but now every Nintendo cartridge on the original SNES or NES had a security chip that prevented piracy from making, you know, from, from people putting pirated games on cartridges. Right. Uh, and of course, when you put out something pirated, we all know, as uh, the guy from Metallica found out, people are going to get around these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, uh, the, uh, the, the age-old term that Nintendo is like the Metallica of the gaming world, it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's easy to topple, too. Like, on an American NES, like, it's just one pin on one chip. Like, if you disconnect that pin, then you can put any kind of cartridge in there that you want. Really? That's it? Yeah. It's one fucking pin connection. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, this was like, uh, your that big brain information you just gave us was like something that like thousands of people were trying to figure out. And <laughs> apparently, some company in Taiwan was like the only person to, like this random pirate company found out. And Nintendo actually sued, this was like a, the first time ever, Nintendo sued a country. They sued Taiwan. Good. 
Fuck that for, country. <laughs> they, they, Tom, I know you're trying to get a, an, a, a career in big tech with China. So, you know, <laughs> come on. I mean, they're, you they're know, both being be progressive by the- calling them a country and still saying fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> my name will, my resume name will have something similar to Rusty Shackleford on the top of it. <laughs> right. So Nintendo sues Taiwan for not regulating the system and allowing these people to release games from, I guess, removing one pin, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, um, Jim, you said it's in the. Uh, it's console. It's not the cartridge. And, uh, yeah, at least in North America, it's in the con. It's in the console itself. I don't know because like the carts are different between Famicom and like the North NES. America too. Where like there's different sizes and like different pins. Like I think it's like 72 pins on North America and it's like 60 something in Japan. It's weird. Like they just re right. Oh, so you're wheel. talking about cracking the console? Right? Yeah. yeah. So like crack yeah. the console for. It, Oh, okay, it's kind of hard to be like, "Hey, we're a production company, and you can play all of our games for half price if you just open up your four hundred and fifty dollars console and snip mm. this pin." Like, that's not really right. This was cracking fly. the cartridge, yeah. So. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I guess some company in Taiwan figured out how to crack the cartridge, which I guess was probably a little harder. Maybe just like you know, whatever it worked with that pin that you're cutting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it might cover it. So now yeah. if you Yeah, so if you were a wholesaler or retailer, if you were caught selling a non-licensed game obviously for the Nintendo and this didn't matter. We're going to talk about going into America eventually, but um it didn't matter if you were in Japan or in America, like you were instantly blacklisted or worse like sued by Nintendo <laughs> or they because... just bombed the hell out of you. For fun. <laughs> yeah, they it's a game. Come down. Once again, like branching off as a company, Nintendo bombs dropping on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ultra bombs. <laughs> yep. Right. This whole thing of like creating the security chip chip caused Yamauchi uh, a bunch of slander and legal battles over price fixing and running a monopoly, um, especially when Nintendo enters the American market. Mm hmm. And now, before we go into the good old U.S. of A., I just wanted to mention that Yamauchi did eventually release the attachments for the network that he envisioned um, for the Japanese Famicons. Remember, I was saying he put in all these ports, and he wanted to make the Famicon this Trojan horse computer. Um, So in Japan, you could take your NES and turn it into a computer where you could do, you could log on and do banking, things like banking, lottery, Probably not porn because like they're not enough. Somebody found a way. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was horse bed. Yeah. Yeah. Game. Game and watch porn. Yeah. yeah. Life finds a way. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, like horse betting um, was huge. Like they had like a whole dedicated like controller with like a fuckload of buttons and like a punch card system almost for that shit that you could like do yeah. it over landlines. Like they had crazy Hell shit yeah. over there. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, and and Yamauchi would try to do that same thing in America, but for a few reasons, he does not get into that. I'll talk about that, because now we're going to America. We're going to talk about America for a little bit. Woo! Thank God. Because to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, like the whole story about Amer- Nintendo America is a very long story, and it doesn't really focus on um, Hiroshi Yamauchi. It's mainly on his son-in-law. Because that's what, we're going to continue that trend again. Because the son-in-law Talk takes name. over, right? Uh, it's uh, Minoru Yaka, 
Yarakawa. I'm <laughs> sorry if I mispronounced your name. It's an awesome I, name you're to still have. alive. You're still alive. He did not take the Yamauchi name because he came from a higher class. He was like from again like one of those samurai classes that existed for you know it'd be like marrying into the Windsors, you mm -hmm. know, in, in England or something like that. Like he didn't take the name. Um so we're not going to go I'm going to talk a little bit about Nintendo of America, but the whole story is really interesting and I would recommend picking up my the book that I read for this which is Game Over by David Sheaf. Um it's interesting because the book was written in 1994, so there's like a lot of weird shit that like just is like, oh, in the future maybe we can look at pictures on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can download like, the boobies. Like, yeah, maybe you could see the boobies on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> you can see the squid so, actually fuck all holes at once. <laughs> yeah, it came out like it came out before Nintendo 64 or PlayStation. Like it's an old, old book, but it it gives a really good good description of like the birth of nintendo of america and Yamauchi. that's all we're covering yeah. man yeah we're not doing smash brothers we're not there yeah, yeah. and do that our yamauchi time. like he uh he said some of his more i'd say not controversial but bold statements after that book probably especially about modern yeah. gamers i had to dig around a little bit extra for the that but to hear his old origin story this i mainly use this, this book yeah. game over yeah um so his son-in-law, he was like, guess what? You're going to take over Nintendo of America. Uh, so his son-in-law, he was actually Western educated. He went to MIT, Harvard, and also Cambridge. Um, the problem was, was that uh, Yamauchi's daughter, uh, Yoko, uh, it's always the Yoko that's like the fucking... Fucking it up. <laughs> Yoko was like, hey, you can, I'll marry you, but the under one condition, you can never work for Nintendo. Because according to her, Yamauchi had terrorized his children through whoring, boozing, and power stroking himself over Nintendo. I think so she this, stops at, she has to stop thinking about herself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty selfish, really. Yeah. 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 So he whored out like his family. Beatles, yeah. Right? Who hasn't? Yeah. Yeah. He ignored us and played a game called. Go. Big picture, big picture, and uh, <laughs> fuck these big titty anime pillows. He just kept hitting us the, with this extendo reach arm thing that was supposed to grab stuff. It just grabbed his like, beads. We want to go to the water park, and he'd be like, "I am cooking squid and fucking pillows. <laughs> Don't talk to me." Priorities. So, Min <laughs> so his son-in-law Minoru and Yoko were actually living in Vancouver, British Columbia, and Minoru was like. Um, he came from, like I mentioned, he came from the samurai uh, class. Their family was like huge into textiles in Japan. And he actually, their family had more money than the Yamauchis did. Mm. Uh, but he had tried to make it on his own. He didn't want to like use any of his family's money. And he, he started constructing condos in Vancouver. But times were tough. And eventually his father-in-law, Yamauchi, uh, called him back to Japan and was like, hey, you, you want to run Nintendo America? Like, we got to break into this shit. You mm -hmm. know, right? He's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And I don't know. It was a fight with his wife. Whatever. The, he's going he's gonna to run Nintendo of America. It's great. Um, now, the story about, like, the founding of Nintendo of America is kind of interesting because even though it came from this huge financial backing from Yamauchi, 
Um, it was kind of almost like startup-y in a way. Like, yes, there was $50 million behind it. But like there was it was like a company of like it was like basically five people trying to get this system off the ground. And you think, wow, if you have this crazy, powerful um, console already built, like how hard is it to sell that? But because there was this giant um, the original video game boom had ended in such a disaster, the whole industry imploded and it ruined companies shareholders retailers people like killed themselves because of how many how much money was lost over like the ataris and the magnavoxes and all that shit it was hard for places like toys r us or like anything to pick up video games at this point when nintendo of america came in yeah i mean it was just considered a gimmick with the atari era and then when it like you know when it bombed out it's like oh that gimmick's dead Mm -hmm. like you look at it today like how no one plays like guitar hero anymore when for a while that was the biggest thing in the world now it's like oh burnout so they like change i mean they even did the replica rock band thing and i was like this is even dated by the time that came Mm -hmm. yep i'm i mean i feel like it was almost a little bit more than just the gimmick because like people had built so many like big careers on it It was almost like if like if guitar hero or whatever like i don't know there was an entire industry just around that like there was like eight competitors of guitar hero and like people were putting like all of their money into it, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> it, it was a little bit more like just because, in order to have a system, you had to have so many other businesses running around it, you know. So yeah. when the system falls, all these other businesses fall. Also, you know? keep in mind, guitar is stupid. So <laughs> to take like a thing so dumb and get that gimmick, ah, it's fun. Look what we're doing now. They have to find something that people are doing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They want to make a simulated version of it, like the truck driver simulator, something like that. Farmer simulator. That's staying power. Still going strong. In 2022, out now. <laughs> yeah. Crushing it. But Guitar Hero is like, everyone realized they were like, everyone who plays guitar is stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing stupid games. I'm going to play real games. Yeah. I'm going to play Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. So and make Bitcoin yeah. in it. Well, I, I was going to say, Travis, this is basically what NFTs are going to be. They're the bubble that's going to pop. Yeah. It's exactly. Everyone's going to have their digital ape that they can't do anything like, with. Like, what the fuck? I took my whole life savings in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so like I was saying, it's almost like kind of startup because I came in about eight people. They personally launched the NES in the tri-state area mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. And they basically bought a like a warehouse in Jersey and the, the book goes into like, like I was just like rat infested and like they had just stacks of Nintendos, right? Mm. They would set up stands in malls and they would go to these retailers like Toys R Us or Crazy Eddie's was mentioned. We did a little side thing in that. They would go to these places and they would do something unheard of. They'd be like, here's a supply of Nintendos and uh, basically, after sixty days, we'll or after ninety days, we'll buy back any stock. So it was just like a complete, like no risk, risk free for yeah. the yeah. It's um, good. It's good business. <laughs> yeah, well, it's desperate business. Like that was how hard it was to sell a game console, like in the early eighties, mm-hmm. because of how shit, how much shit people had lost. 
to Atari for various reasons. That's a whole nother And they had to throw episode. so much shit in the bundles with it. Like, that's why you got the Zapper and Rob the Robot and all the other crap. Because right. like, you had to sell it as a toy and not as a video game system. Yep. Yeah, that was a, that was mm. a big thing, too. When they, they changed it from the Famicom to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Because if you put console or, like, game into the name it was like taboo so they were like oh it's an entertainment system it's like you know mm-hmm. it's not a video game system guys it's, trust it's me all, it's eventually what xbox called shit for which is the full home entertainment package where you stream and do yeah. everything and everyone's like that's ridiculous i just want a console i mean that was yamauchi's plan in the early 90s i really yeah. talk about multimedia when that was like the buzzword mm-hmm. multimedia it does HD VHS. <laughs> you can play anything you want on it. It looks uh, the mix of spandex look good on ladies. <laughs> it has a button. You rewind um, your dad's porno back to the where he left it off to the second. Damn, damn. <laughs> exactly. So just kind of covering this Nintendo in America. Nintendo ba- basically Frankenstein the video game market back to life in the early eighties. And just uh, I want to do a quick little like. PowerPoint, one one little uh, tidbits of information at a time here, right? So uh, Mario was actually named after the landlord of their first Seattle warehouse. Some dude named Mario owned their warehouse. Nice. And that was, they didn't really have a name for him. They're like, I don't know, this asshole Mario wants to like run us out of the fucking building. Let's call him Mario. <laughs> Um, okay, you can stay now because I got a little guy named after me. He's me. I don't know how to plumb. Is this going to be a problem? <laughs> I don't know anything about plumbing. I know what propane is. Donkey Kong uh, would be sued by Universal over King Kong. Kong yeah. King Kong. Universal would lose to Nintendo because mainly due to uh, Nintendo's star lawyer, John Kirby, Discovering that intent that Universal actually didn't own the rights to the name Do- King, uh, Kong. King Kong, yeah. And if the name John Kirby sounds familiar, the name that pink fucking deep throating man <laughs> Kirby after their lawyer. So you're just playing as a lawyer, eating like gentlemen yeah. and taking everyone power. else's talent, not doing shit on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, every every lawyer's pink inside, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Nintendo would also be accused of a monopoly. They would be dragged to Congress, um, and we previously roasted um, the owner of the late stage terminally ill Atari Jack Trammell mm-hmm. um, would bring them. Yeah, but to- you don't have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't, that's an early old episode. <laughs> yeah, it would eventually escalate till it became a brought in front of Congress. Um, and there was some anti-Japanese racism going on in the 90s. Um, it was so on the nose that the hearing about this trust busting of Nintendo. Did they call it rust busting? On- rush rust. <laughs> <laughs> Close no. the buster. No, they, they decided to hold the hearing on December 7th, 1990. Wow. And if you, yeah. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Us history yeah. boys. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> Um, Let's get to the bottom of yeah. this. 
so this is kind of interesting. Was that when when Tramel and all these other there was a bunch of other companies that joined on this lawsuit. They they're basically defunct. These companies mm-hmm. they ganged up on Nintendo and were suing them over the security chip that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with other things like price fixing and some of the things Nintendo was actually guilty of. I don't know if the security chip, like, I feel like it's your it's your hardware. Like, you should I be mean, able to do what you want to it. Like, we're all taught in the American school system that uh, monopolies are illegal. That is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That I like that. There's many monopolies over things. Yeah. yeah. All the time. There's nothing done about that. That's like so to go. And bring that to court, like as if you don't have power at your house. Like going, now that's <laughs> the worst thing is to just have one that yeah. did it like this. Yeah. So you're fucking it's retarded. Just weird. Oh, I heard now where like four companies own everything. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, exactly. no. So- this it's whole, a terrible lawsuit. But even really? in the 90s, like, this whole lawsuit was definitely riding off. Like, Japan was beating the shit out of us in tech in the early 90s. Like As we, we had, should. Well, we had, like, we had nuked them. We had built up their economy. And then they were beating us at, like, our own game of, like, innovation. And old boomers and silent generation people were so butthurt in the early 90s. Are you fucking surprised? Like, we beat <laughs> yeah. the shit out of them. We turned every single one of their male population to bedroom boys. Where all <laughs> they have to do is sleep and, and engineer for funsies. <laughs> What the fuck do you think yeah. you're gonna get? And yeah. Have you ever played yeah. an Atari seventy eight hundred? You're not. No one played that fucking yeah. thing. So no, no, no. Even if it's yeah. five years earlier, we're, we're, still they tried that. to soften Nintendo everyone by just yeah. They, they, that was their way of getting back at us. Like, okay, you're gonna do this to us. We're gonna do this to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, Over and, here, it was like, all right, let's let's show our machismo and like show how free and open we are and like uh, like artistic expression. One of the worst things that is. Uh, uh, ruined innovation in every aspect. That was what we were hyper focused on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like all the youth of that time, everyone who was going to be getting a job in the next five years was so obsessed with their fucking art shit and um or 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 their their ideas of peace and freedom and love. It's just like it's like why are you focusing on yeah. this ever? It's obviously a shtick. Like <laughs> yeah. look what they're doing over there. They don't fucking give a shit. They have they have a little bedroom and they're redesigning the world on their free time and in the other time they're becoming brilliant mathematicians. <laughs> okay, we asked for that one. And they have one release and it involves tentacles going into every yeah. orifice of a woman. <laughs> Just give it to them. Yeah. Priorities, yeah. people. You know, you break up our point into Don't seventeen different holes. They do all the holes at once. They are very yeah. straight. They are streamlined people. But you better blur those dung. goddamn dongs. You better not show those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, want, dude. Uh, Japanese guys aren't gay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, confirmed. Yeah, yeah we're so not gay. Penis. We're blurred. All this. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so all right. So back to the chip thing. The chip. Um, I think that's fine to have like security chips on your, yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't know. It's, it's like, you'd it ex- doesn't matter. You'd expect it, right? It's like having a but patent was- on your own technology, which every right. company has today, which is like, yeah, you, you have a patent on like your pri- uh, proprietary property. So there was like a weird mm-hmm. thing where IBM, because that's also existed since I think the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. IBM yeah, was, a long time. yeah, IBM was sued in the seventies because it needed to be a universal platform. So basically, they were like, "You need 
you're developing the hardware, but the software needs to be accepted by any type of person, and thus the floppy disk and other things like CDs were produced for PCs, right? Treating it like you, a utility. Are you fucking almost. kidding me? Was it this was someone was trying to sue them for this? Well, yeah. So Jack Tramell and these assholes were trying to sue Nintendo because they're like, this is a computer, therefore. You, you can't have a cartridge that has a security chip. It has to be a universal media thing. It has to be like a CD or a floppy and, disk or something And the like argument that. is that if it's for the sake of humanity, it has to be universal to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, for, totally forgetting that it's going through the legal system of the United States of America, which like they don't even know each other's phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, we've roasted Jack. Trump. He's a frog man. He was a terrible. They called him Darth Vader. Like he was just a miserable. He bought a dying company and now he's just trying to. Like milk as much as he yeah. can from this. He, he's a dumb idiot. <laughs> yeah, we know that. So fuck that guy. Yeah. So their their whole thing was that like if you're you're not you can't copyright the software. It has to be a universally accepted format. So any software could play on your Nintendo. And what's interesting though is because Nintendo always claimed this is why they were the Trojan horse, right? Because even in the states they had put those ports on their Nintendo to make it a personal computer. Yamauchi never gave up on the fact that he wanted his Nintendo to be a like a computer. Yep. But because it went to court, they're like, no, 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 this is a toy. This is a toy. Like, this thing, ah, the reason why it has a cartridge security system, it's a toy. It's not a computer. Mm. We're not going to put floppy disks on here. Fuck that. <laughs> so they Smart. like 180 yeah. because they got sued. Makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> now, obviously, the Game Boy used success. I'm not going to go into all that. There's also a very interesting story about Nintendo acquiring the rights to Tetris. Very amazing. Invi involves Gorbachev. It, basically, they made a deal with the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union own, owned everything mm -hmm. in the Soviet mm -hmm. Union. Um, very interesting. And actually, um, Nintendo, the NES version is worse than Jack Tramiel's ripoff one under their Tangan line. So, like, yeah. eventually they broke the code and shit like that. To let still, they still just put out cartridges that just look different. But yeah. With, like, shittier chipsets that, like, will break down after time. But, like, yeah, anything, like, for any, like, collectors out there, if you have, like, a Genesis that says Tangan on it, like, for, like, the games, kiss that game goodbye, basically. Like, all those chips are dying at this point. <laughs> really? Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the, uh, there's like a rolling gunner or something like that, or a storm chaser. There's some like $400 game that I would never touch because it has a tangent level. And it's like, oh, chip's dead. Too bad. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. One other thing I wanted to mention, I forgot completely. When they were sued by Universal, the lawyer that sued them at Universal was the owner of LJN. <laughs> <laughs> so so if you followed i know you guys are big um, um AVGN. angry video yep. game yeah angry video game nerd fans lgn is like the dumpster of nes games so he was suing them to basically be like i want to release lja games on the nintendo and start my own baby he wanted to take over nintendo america mm. um so yeah, yeah. Now, LJN owned all, never knew that. I mean, and they also owned all the rights to all the major movies and series. 
So yeah, it made sense. Like they were buying up properties. People mistakenly always think LJN was a developer. They weren't. They were just the ones that were buying the rights to all the movies that you loved as a kid. So if you pl- played a game that was based on a movie on the NES and Super NES. This entire time while Nintendo of America is like growing, Yamauchi is just overseeing his son-in-law uh, through this whole meteor- meteoric rise, right? And um, he was very quick to judge, right? Like, I don't know how your guys' father-in-law, you don't have to answer this. I'm not married, but like it was it would not be a father in law that I'd want to have because he's like, if you fucked up, he was just like, you're you're a deadbeat. Why are you married to my fucking daughter? You piece of shit. And then when when he did something good, he's like, all right, (laughs) you know, and it's Nintendo. I mean, the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo and the original Nintendo, one of the most successful if not the most successful platform, uh, you know, consoles ever. Oh, for a run, yeah. Nintendo, yeah. Game Boy, Super NES, like, just... Yeah. <clears throat> so, but he was always, like, if, if the minor fuck-up, right? Like, there was one time, I think, he said, oh, we need more shipments. Like, we're selling so well. And there was, like, a catch-up in, like, the shipment. Like, literally, like, the boat was delayed. And Yamauchi was like, you're you're the worst person in the world. Why are you married to my daughter? We need to make more money. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to throw you off a building if that boat doesn't get yeah. here. That's awesome. So Continue. Uh, Minoru sets up the HQ of Nintendo of America in Seattle. And then he actually reached out to his father-in-law. He's like, hey, um, we have all this anti-Japanese hate going on early 90s with this whole trust-busting thing that I mentioned. And so in 1999, the local MLB team, the Seattle Mariners, were facing relocation. So Minoru asks Yamauchi, uh, would you buy the team? You got loads of money. You got millions and millions of dollars. Like, let's buy the team. If we buy the team, it'll stay in Seattle. Everyone will love us. We'll be heroes, right? Um, So Yamauchi's like, okay, I'll buy the team. And so he buys a team, and then the MLB is like, whoa, uh, non-Americans <laughs> can't buy baseball teams? And then everyone's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, aren't there Canadian teams? He's like, no, 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 no. I mean, non-North Americans can't buy baseball teams. <laughs> what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Mm, right. Even though Japan's a huge market for baseball in general, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, Yamauchi, not only did he never play a video game, he never went to a baseball never game Never saw either. a single game of the team he yeah. bought. Not a yeah. single Cracker Jack. Yeah. Does Yamauchi just, like, hate Japan itself? Because he hates all of their pastimes. Uh, I mean, he likes drinking and whoring, which I the feel like is, is one of their... That's a big enough. part of them, Jim. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> all right, no, you know, he's got his priorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of their, their not-so-talked-about pastimes. Um, so yeah, Yamauchi was expecting like great press. He's like, oh, I'm buying the team. I'm saving it. It's going to stay in Seattle. But everyone was just like, uh, this Japanese guy is pine. Like, we're going to end up like, they basically compared it to like, we're going to end up like the premier league in England where like these Arab Emirates like own half of mm-hmm. the English teams. Right? That like, should be stopped all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so he, he did end up buying the majority of shares for the Seattle Mariners 
And actually, today, Nintendo still owns 10% of the shares of the team. They still but, own it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but at the time, he owned the majority of shares, but he gave up the majority vote on the board because basically there was so much of a hubbub. It's like, uh, this Japanese, this is one of these Japs cannot own this. And I didn't say that as a slur. I meant that as what the silent You're playing generation. a character, so you can actually yeah. say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the character. You can Keep say going. This is, this is the 1990s. <laughs> a lot of silent generation people being like, uh, or greatest generation people saying Japs and Slopeheads. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Slopeheads. The Tojo. I guess we're a little different. Jennifer yeah. Slopeheads. I got to yeah. put that back in the show. Vernacular. <laughs> We're bringing it back. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Yamauchi like, saved the day for Seattle. The Mariners stayed there, but everyone hated him because he was a Japanese man that owned the C- the Mariners. And he, honestly, he didn't care. Like I said, like he never, like you said, he didn't, he never went to a game. He was like, sure, I'll buy a baseball team. That's cool, man. That's fucking cool. <laughs> There's a okay. certain amount of don't give a fuckery that goes with buying a baseball team and never watching it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, it's not like all those weirdos who own, like, you know, Golden State and shit, and they're like, yeah, I bought it because it's teams. It's like, no, you bought it because the hot dogs are $17.99. We <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah. know you. Yeah, no you know one's, your kind. No one's, you know what no you're doing. Yeah. No one's getting a sponsorship with Ikea. The hot dogs are, what, $1.99, and they've stayed that way. For 20 years. Yeah. Like, no one's going, oh, yeah, Mark Cuban's a good guy because, you know, he likes sports. It's like, no, Mark <laughs> Cuban wants to be more richer. He wants to be Elon Musk and have a Android mother and a test tube girlfriend wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to come into that glass. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back to Yamauchi in Japan himself. So. Yamauchi tried really hard. Again, we were talking mainly in Nintendo of America. He's not doing any of this. This is his son-in-law. But Yamauchi himself tried really hard to release an online network in Nintendo of America. Right? So all these NESs were out there, and they had, you know, the ports. Some of them had the ports. I think they got rid of the ports eventually. Am I right? They They did a redesign that took out all that stuff. Yeah. I think at, at some yeah they the got top loader yeah they, they got rid of it at some point but the original ones had ports, um so he tested the Nintendo network in Minnesota of all places with the Minnesota State Lottery, um mm. so they set up a Nintendo online remember this is cutting edge this isn't like nowadays where the internet's everywhere. You're getting 5G into your vein at every second. Um, so <laughs> they set year. up this, yeah, they set up this N- Nintendo network to basically so you could turn your Nintendo into a, a betting machine for the Minnesota State Lottery. And the courts actually got involved and like, whoa, this is a toy, right? And they're like, no, it's not a toy. It's a computer. Wait, we can't say that because we got sued because we mm-hmm. said it was a toy. And it's not a computer. I I don't know. Uh, so the courts were like, kids can gamble on the Nintendo. Like, we don't want that yeah. in the yeah. States. Well, maybe we do, but. <laughs> yeah, well, if they've seen the microtransactions of today where, like, some kid gets a credit card and he buys, like, uh, $5,000 worth of Fortnite skins, you know. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, not so bad. 
Do you think that they chose Minnesota to roll this out? Because, um, say it in your head with me, but like Japanese <laughs> saying most other states would sound really weird, but the Minnesota actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> say that in your head. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, okay. And there's like four people there with internet too. So if it doesn't work, it's not a big loss. Yeah. Either. yeah. They have big two cities. They have two cities, but no one's heard of them. They're tiny. Anyway, yeah. uh, continue, Travis, before I make myself <clears throat> look worse. The Turin Stratties? Okay, so... Please keep going, Travis. So, <laughs> so this thing fails in the court. Uh, they don't want kids gambling on their Nintendo machine computer game systems. It's not a computer. Uh, but no worries, um, because Nintendo was... Or Nintendo and Yamauchi was working on the next generation of systems. You see, Sega had released its 16-bit uh, system before Nintendo had, um, mm -hmm. and they were starting to take a sizable chunk out of the Nintendo monopoly that Nintendo denied that they had a monopoly of. <laughs> it's not really a monopoly, though. Duh, it was. It, it was until Sega yeah. came. <laughs> Sega, right, that's... I mean, there's. I mean, maybe with the way they strong armed like everyone, like developers, retailers, blah blah blah, even like forcing people to make like games harder in America so they couldn't beat it in a weekend at a rental place. Japan fucking hated rental stores. Yeah, oh, I believe that. They I mean, culture, it's very dishonorable yeah. to have to well, return something well, that is so incomplete. It's interesting mm -hmm. because I didn't actually write this into the script, but the book goes into Nintendo of America had a lobbyist in Washington trying to fuck over Blockbuster because yep. they thought that renting a game was illegal because you were like... Yep. And what happened, I think the, the court case went to me and they couldn't publish the um, the instruction manuals because that was all copyright material. So they had to like come out with fake instruction manuals and that was basically the solution to it. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I just reword uh, a lot of poorly translated Japanese documents, and that's my job. <laughs> I work for Blockbuster. I'm making sure everyone's getting yeah. the treats they want over the weekend. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, eventually Yamauchi would release the SNES, Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, whatever you want to call it, um, which was, I mean, let's be honest. I know a lot of kids... Genesis has like a place in their heart. Great sound. Great sound. I love the Genesis Best sound sounds. Ben, but yeah. the SNES was miles ahead of the Genesis. It had more color, had uh, just a better operating system in general. Yeah, but it had yeah. less dolphins. Yes, <laughs> it did. And it wasn't for just sports games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it came out three years later, so it had that going for it. Too. Yeah, so it, it's like, it, oh, yeah. It did have an edge of yeah. We can we can display five times as many colors because you know technology's way easier and it's not. I think the what was it? The Genesis sound chip was like uh, the Motorola one that was based on like a sine wave almost. It's like that's why like any lazy person that's why it sounded like tinny shit, right? Where like you could get like orchestra sounds out of a Super NES. No, I I think it's the the opposite. The the um the Genesis had this like really nice quality to it. It was so warm. <laughs> Like oh, I love Genesis sound. Yeah, but like, but Jim, yeah. you like horrible shit. 
Sir, how dare you? <laughs> Just because I didn't cry at fucking Final Fantasy VI's opera scene. Man. <laughs> um, no, Jim, guys, Jim is a notorious Genesis fanboy, but I, I, I said it, it is funny. Like, yeah, if you look subjectively, any anyone's going to say Super NES is overall better. Even if you prefer Genesis, Super NES is a better system. But like Jim said, it came out later. It had some advantages there, you know. So it's it's just different. It's tough right. to compare. But, no, but I, the, I don't even. I, I wouldn't even compare the games. I'm just talking about the sound. The sound of an any like of of, of, a, of a Sega Genesis, like Toe Jam and Earl. The way they were able to hit that like slappy bass sound in it. You can't recreate that on a on any other system. You can't even do that today on any computer. I know that. That's science. Right, I called someone. <laughs> oh, dude, the bass and percussion you get out of a Genesis when done right is ridiculous. Yeah, it sounds so good, and uh, that—that's it. I don't really, I don't have any. Um, that's no hills I want to die on. Besides that, yeah, right. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can you can subjectively say the SNES is better than the Genesis, but you can it's also got more all timers. But you, but you can, know. but you yeah. can turn it around as a Sega boy and say the Dreamcast is the best system of all time. Well, there we go. Then we're talking real game. Yeah. So about, yeah. <laughs> about real stuff. So about Tony Hawk Three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell us more, Travis. Um, Get into it. So one interesting story was that um, th- when the SNES or the Super Famicom was released in Japan, there was a secret midnight shipment out of the Japanese factories. So there was actually intel from the police given to Yamauchi that the Yakuza was about to rob the trucks as they left the factory because they were like, this is a hot seller. Yakuza's like, I love my pinky. I want to keep it. So I I have to steal these trucks for my boss. So Yamauchi just decided a random date, and he oversaw um, the release of this midnight like basically, the NES just SNES just showed up in stores one day, mm. um, wow. and he he there's they paint this very anime scene of him like smoking cigarettes, watching all the trucks <laughs> drive away from the factory in the, at midnight, just like oh yes, we <laughs> once again <laughs> raining anime yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is going to be very good. Now, if you notice, I started with an Indian accent, so have fun. <laughs> so if you use all the accents and ones you can't be canceled because no. it all cancels out it just it just makes me sound like an idiot which <laughs> true but so i'm not i'm not trying to beat a, a dead horse here or fucking dig it in with the sega fans but there was no debate that nintendo won that generation as sega Sega took up such a small portion of Nintendo's overall sales. Like, yes, it mm-hmm. was troubling to Nintendo that they were taking up any sales because they had a monopoly. But mm-hmm. like, but they were clearly beat. And the mindshare, Sonic was a big character. Obviously, um, it worried Nintendo. But in the early 90s, Mario was more recognizable than Minnie Mouse. Or Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, because no one Mickey, knows who Minnie yeah. Mouse is. Who the fuck's Minnie Mouse? Minnie Mouse is a <laughs> fucking bitch. She, that's like the green M&M. She's a whore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> green M&M whores. Yeah. No, he was more, Mario was more recognizable than Minnie, than Mickey Mouse and probably still is. I mean, I, I, would, I would argue that 
more kids would probably know who Mario is and Mickey Mouse. Who the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. No one cares about no one cares about Disney anymore, except yeah. weirdos. <laughs> except Sa- Disney, Sa- I just Sa- owned Sa- a whole, everything else. Like we said, talking monopolies. You yeah, just well, don't they realize. had to buy everything. They had to exactly. buy other things to stay relevant. And yeah. Yeah. you know what? They are still. I can't take that away from them. I'm not a. I don't have a bomb. But if I did, <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, Sega was definitely like WCW in like the mid '90s when they just took over for like two years with the NWO before WWF just took back over again. Okay, I was like, oh, this is scary for a little bit, but eventually the real one won out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so now, so tell us now we we don't have any sweating. Yeah, but the real competition competition came from a blunder that came up straight from Yamauchi himself. This guy mm-hmm. fucked up huge, and uh, his arrogance uh, would create a unstoppable uh, competitor, and that that started as a partnership. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that would be. I know where this is going. That would be mm-hmm. Sonus. Sony, uh, not Sony. I thought we were going to talk about the rift uh, between Japanese noodles and spaghetti. An instant rice <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. But you learn something new every day on the show. Ramen right? and Chef Boyardee. Right. I'm actually going to make ramen after this <laughs> just because we're talking so much Japan. Yeah. So, way back in 1987, Yamauchi was thinking far beyond the 16 bit. Right. There's a Neo Geo came out, I think, not that long after. That was. 32 bit it's interesting because people our generation are still like oh that's 16 bit no it's 32 bit dog (laughs) you know like it was like like it mattered um but he was thinking far beyond the 16 bit period and he knew that disc based systems were the thing of the future yamuchi was like disc based and there was like a uh, multimedia was like the buzzword back in the 90s like early mm. 90s so like you know um now it's all like uh social media and whatever like back then it's like multimedia <clears throat> um so nintendo contracted sony it was already making discs right for uh music and, and cd-roms and all that stuff and he was like, hey, we're, let's make Nintendo's first disc-based system. And we're not talking about 32-bit. We're talking about 64-bit, dog. We're going to go We're gonna go way beyond. Maybe we'll do a 32-bit, and then we'll go 64-bit. It's I don't even disgusting. really understand bits, to be honest. It's really Can you guys disgusting. explain bits more? I, I just knew it was something at the playground that you'd be like, you heard about the Jaguar? It's 32-bit. 32-bit, yep. <laughs> and, and you can play Sonic and Mario on one screen, bro. Yeah, I think what might help illustrate this, do either of you guys know what a PlayStation 5 is? Talking in bits. <laughs> we might. We might dabble. Okay. It's well. a gazillion bits. <laughs> yeah, how many bits is it? Gazillion. It's probably, it's probably a word I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good number, though. It, that, you know, technology's like that. It. I mean... It's a joke, but at the same time, yeah, you look at what what's in it it's now. It's seven hundred thousand floppy disks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, the NES was two thousand bytes of RAM. You know, what I mean, like your phone has like I don't know a thousand times more than that, more than that. Probably. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Because we live in the future, and yeah, we can future, see porn. Dog. We can see nipple hairs that they didn't know were there while they were even filming. <laughs> the angles are weird. 
Mm-hmm. So you see that one piece of toilet paper they didn't know was still stuck there. Yeah. yeah. So it, they make they make this contract with Sony back in 1987, and remember this is kind of the before the whole real craze of the Nintendo comes out. And the way my source explained to me the game over was that Japanese contracts were not like at least at least back in the 70s or uh, in the 80s and 90s, Japanese contracts were not like American contracts, whereas like. American contract would have like a thousand pages to cover their ass, right? Like everything written out, right? A Japanese contract was like, okay, we'll work together. Please sign here. You know what I mean? Like it was just like much simpler. Yeah. An honor system basically. Yeah. It's honor, right? It's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to help each other out. We're going to be a good business partner. I think it's like an, you know, like, um, my, my, previously denounced people the jews who <laughs> really got those contracts going and i you know i said most of my family is jews i'm not anymore but um <laughs> they're really thorough and they're yeah. very good at contracts and they just don't have those in the east no honor maybe if they did it would be different who knows um <laughs> there's no Minoru dershowitz's over there yeah not a single one not a single one you know uh uh, uh, Slavotsky might sound a little Jewish. It's not. It's <laughs> halfway between, and you're off. That's it. <laughs> so the de- the development of the Nintendo PlayStation begins. That's kind of mm-hmm. weird to say. Nintendo PlayStation. It's the best system. Um, now Yamauchi tried to nickel and dime Sony as much as they could. Now remember, Sony is not a small company. They had existed for a long time. They had been working on records, uh, record players, everything. Like they had ex- existed. I don't know exactly when Sony started, but they definitely became a dominant force after the war. Maybe before. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. They were right around, yeah, the mid 40s. Mid 40s. Uh, yeah. I'm almost positive it's right at the mid 40s. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So they had they had grown their dominant force. This is one of those companies where like. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a Sony like lawnmower that we just never heard of. For right? sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, the Sony lawnmower. Uh, it's in Japan. Um, so there was a lot of fighting back and forth about how much money Nintendo would make per disc because like Sony owned the disc making processes, but like Nintendo was used to this giant markup from their cartridges. So they were kind of like, well, we usually make this much from all of our Disney. Like, dude, it's a piece of plastic. Like, you're not going to make that much money off of a piece of plastic. I don't know. And they also had some, on it. Yeah. They also had some <laughs> issues with private or with piracy, right? Like, so they had the chip and they're like, how do we protect our disc? And Sony's like, I, I don't know. It's a fucking disc. It's a piece of, <laughs> again, piece of plastic. It's not. <laughs> Now, Yamauchi was so pissed at Sony over these um, these talks, and he's like, Nintendo is the king, and he's used to just getting his ass licked from, from uh, all, all these uh, distributors and all this stuff. Like, you know, I mentioned, if you had bad word with Nintendo, they just cut you off. But Yamauchi couldn't just cut off Sony. They were, they were a big company. So Yamauchi started to secretly do talks with Sony's major European competitor, Philips. You might know them as the Philips U-bulbs, right? They make Mm -hmm. light bulbs nowadays. They make other things, too. They make my CPAP, because I can't breathe. I'm too fat to breathe when I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How's that going? Dude, it's great. Thank you, Philips, for keeping my life 
in my hands keeping the light of my life and keeping me alive yeah. that's good that's that's better than any video game system i've heard of dude it's one of my favorite systems <laughs> only technically i will say that dude I, I watch it i try to hit the high score of oxygen levels while i sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Nintendo starts r secretly working with Philips, which is like a big kind of backstabby thing. And also is taboo in Japan because Japanese companies like to work with Japanese companies. You don't mm -hmm. you don't go working with some Dutch idiots that make light bulbs, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. You don't just go blasting one off with Lexington Steel on the weekend. Yeah. You you stick to your talent. The talent pool very central honor honor <laughs> so at the 1991 uh c uh, ces sony unveiled their partnership with nintendo which was the nintendo playstation which was a disc adapter for the snes crazy it was kind of the wow. same thing that sega did with what was it what's that one called sega cd, sega CD. Sega's, yep yeah yep the following day after the convention, Nintendo announced that they were working with Philips. <laughs> like the next day, until like, oh, you know, you heard at that show, the only video game convention, oh, we aren't doing that. We're working with Philips. Fuck you, so mm -hmm. wow. And this was Yamauchi's call, right? He's like, I want to fuck them over as much as possible. Well, I mean, you guys hate him. I don't know if I would say that myself, but. You guys were ready for that. But, Tom, have you ever seen the cursed videos of Zelda and the Mario games on Philips CDI? Have oh, you dude, ever exactly seen them? I've gotten drunk a few times and just watched those Philips Zelda games. <laughs> I, I can one-up you. I own a Philips CDI, and I own Hotel Mario, and we've done a review of it. It's awful. Oh. I forced Brian to oh. play. And, and Jim is the ultimate, like, if he paid too much money for it, he'll find the good in it. And then I come along and play. I'm like, no, this is dog shit. He's like, but there's like a one good soundtrack after 30 levels. Come on. That so makes up is... for the whole move, the whole game. <laughs> so this, um, this is online. You guys did a, a YouTube video or something of of a whole playthrough uh, not a whole play we yeah. just did a review of the game itself so <sighs> okay. yeah if you look up dbpg hotel mario review you'll find us going through the game but jim awesome. jim played through that. the whole entire thing and he's like uh, trying to convince me right here he's like me. he's trying to convince me he's like it's good it's good i was like it's a it's a game about opening and closing doors how is that fucking good at all and um, then I played it. Isn't that Resident Evil? Though? No, don't you dare! Don't you like, dare! Oh, come don't on, opening you and closing dare. doors. That's the, that's the majority of time you do. You watch the door open. You watch that the door is building close. suspense. You son of a bitch! <laughs> that's like if you live in LA and you have an agoraphobic fear of uh, earthquakes. That's a good. That's the game for you. Open the, <laughs> keep the doors closed. God damn it! I need to keep the. Structural integrity up at this place. I mean, and if, and if the Zelda games were in seven hundred bucks a piece at this point, I'd have them too. They're seven hundred bucks each. <laughs> they're in, they're a couple hundred each at this point. At, at least three to four hundred. They're very they're funny looking, Jim. The, the, Jim, I think you. I think you can go wait to go bomb the dragons. <laughs> yeah, right. just keep waiting. Yeah, now he's dead. Good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Philips CDI, that garbage, uh, those garbage games that came out, that was what Nintendo got. 
basically their whole dream of of becoming a disk based system was crushed and um uh hiroshi kind of just doubled down on how terrible cds were from this point on because he got burned well he tried to burn sony and then he got burned mm -hmm. by fucking them over he just doubled down was like dude no one wants to play a game on cd dude that's stupid why would you do CDs that? CDs for listening to music, like a CD <laughs> music factory. That's kind of gay. You're not gay, are you? That's weird. If you like CDs, maybe it's gay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be. You don't want to be so, an so, story, don't you? Yeah, right. This is the yeah. '90s. That's yeah, the, you know, top. <laughs> That's common speech. That's what you get. You get called when you go to the register at like a, you know, yeah, a Walmart. We'll, we'll be That's right back introduce. after these messages. So stick around for the man show. So the PlayStation, the Sony PlayStation was released in 1994. And as I mentioned, Yamauchi changed his uh, tune about the disc based systems. And now he started saying how gamers don't want better graphics or loading times. They're like, I don't want better graphics and loading times. They want to play games. That's kind of true, though. You idiot. That's actually why I bought an N64. I hated Jim, times. you didn't have a choice. You're too young. And you didn't have a job. Shut the fuck up. No, I asked specifically. They're like, which one do you want? I said N64. I hate loading times. I actually asked for an N64, too. My parents were like, you're 15. This came out five, six years ago or something. <laughs> no, Ten years. Yeah, it's, it's a weird relationship uh, I had. I asked for an N64. My parents gave me a Dreamcast, <laughs> and it was the best decision <laughs> Way ever better. my parents yep. made. Uh, Yamauchi called PlayStation fans the people who dye their hair brown and hang around uh, Tokyo's Akihabara yep. district. I guess dyeing your hair brown. It's is like weird. today's dyeing your hair blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They yeah. just or like he used to be long fingernails and hair down. Right? Yeah. It's kind of fucked up because, like, dude, you were doing the same mm -hmm. fucking thing back in yep. the day. Um, and then after Nintendo's old licensee, Square, made Final Fantasy VII, which um, was supposed to come out on. Nintendo, but um, basically the disc-based system could hold a lot more information than any type of cartridge. So Square was like, okay, we're going to go with uh, Sony. Yamauchi called RPG players a... Um, that he called them depressed gamers that like to sit alone in dark rooms and play slow Oh, he hated JRPGs. He said, like, <laughs> between that and he also mentioned the exact quote was basically uh, the only reason, like, Western, more specifically American audiences didn't go because they only care about violent video games. So it's like he just <laughs> kept doubling down on shitting on all of his fans. It's like, fuck you. If you don't like my stuff, too bad. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. He's putting a lot of facts right now. I got to be honest. Yeah. I, I got to ask. Like, I've, I've played a couple RPGs. Um my sentiments fall very in line with him with the JRPG thing. You guys play games. Mm -hmm. You guys have fun with all kinds of games. We're not JRPG that... fans. <laughs> no? No. So yeah, it rings it... home. Because you guys have life in you. You have color in yeah. your cheeks. You, it looks like you enjoy anything. Yeah. But, guys, have you gotten on the Elden Ring? I mean, my Elden Ring is gaped right now, dude. I'm a, I'm, a couple, I'm a couple hours in. I'm not as far in as I want to be right now because I haven't been home for, like, 
couple of days now, but I, I actually want to just take a day off where I can just sit down for like 10 hours straight and just keep grinding. Like, Dude, that is the most Japanese RPG I've played mm-hmm. in a long time. So you have to finger your butthole in order to join your friends. Elden Ring is just a perfect example <laughs> of peer pressure, which Jim was accustomed to. Like, no, why did Jim started smoking? It is no, promo. Jim started smoking. Oh, this girl's smoking. I like, so I'm gonna do that too. So Elden Ring, everyone's <laughs> playing it. So now I gotta play it too. It's like you know, Elden Ring is the perfect example of like everyone who I know who has zero interest in JRPGs or anything of that nature. They're like, well, everyone likes it. I must try it, and they're like, oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm getting into. I'll do I'll do you one better. Um, my parents were not keen on video games. They really were not into the idea. So um, they did get me a Game Boy, and it was the year before Pokemon came out. <laughs> and not knowing what Pokemon was and everyone talking about it, I asked for Pokemon for my birthday, and that was the only gift I got besides you know tchotchkes. Fuck Pokemon. <laughs> Fuck anything Pokemon related. Oh my god, I was just walking around in a baseball hat and collecting animals. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this game fucking sucks. Tom, don't you want to catch a manky boy? Don't you want to catch a Snorlax? I don't want to catch anything. I, and, and I fell for it years later when I played Nino Kuni because I was like, oh, Hayao Miyazaki, he's an art. Oh, forget art. Art is stupid and dead. It's just a fucking game with weird Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Worse Pokemon. So yes, I and know more cutscenes that you have to watch and sit through and can't skip. Yeah, so I, I don't fuck. You gotta talk any, to the Pokemon. I don't fuck with anything Japanese uh, at all, ever. Yeah. All right. So um, Yamauchi's hatred of discs was twofold, and like I said, he it was mainly just because he was butt hurt about Sony. You know, uh, basically just calling his bluff and fucking them over. But also, the disc was a lot easier to be pirated, as I mentioned. It's like, oh, it's just a piece of plastic. How are you going to pirate that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so while the competitors were moving into the disc error, um, which the developers uh, were way into, you could hold a lot bigger sizes. There was less risk because it's just a piece of plastic. Nintendo was working on their next system. But before they could do that, they released the Virtual Boy. Now, Sick. Yeah, this is a, uh, you guys, I'm sure you guys have used a Virtual Boy. Like, I feel like I'm looking through a, playing about an hour of Virtual Boy right now, and the fact that I can't see anything and my room is spinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? I, I did a bid back at, like, Blockbuster back in the day, going back to Blockbuster. Like, they had the demo unit there. Like, you'd sit there and you'd play, you know, they always had tennis set up, and you play it for 10 minutes and be like, oh, this kind of sucks, and then you never touch it again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like watching your own mother give birth several times. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I had I had the rich buddy who had a Neo Geo console and a virtual boy. I played it and I was like, well, this is fucking terrible. So Yep. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck him. So the virtual boy was pretty much just like a we need to put out a system. While we work towards our 16-bit system, which would eventually become the Nintendo 64. And it was the brainchild of our boy Gumpy that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. The guy who invented the Game Boy. Now, it was so bad, the release of this Virtual Boy. Because, like, again, like you play Virtual Boy and, like, you hurt after a while. Like, you can't, you can't just, like, 
It's not like jumping into the metaverse where you feel better and like you don't have legs because no one wants <laughs> legs anymore. Like mm. uh, you, j you play Virtual Boy for more than like thirty minutes, like your vision hurts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, the release was so bad that Yamauchi basically let go Gumpai, who he essentially started Nintendo that we know. He today. made a Game Boy. Well, no, he made the Game Boy, but he also like helped develop the NES. He, I think, was um, the responsible for Metroid, like all of these like really big Ultra Arms. He did. He yeah. did the Mario games for the Game Boy because Miyamoto did what had no part in them. So yeah, like, he did Mario. Like they gave him Mario for the Game Boy too. Oh no shit. Yep. Yeah, he. It was basically mm -hmm. this guy Gun Gunpai and Miyamoto that like were responsible for Nintendo, like. Oh yeah, you know, like if if it wasn't for those two dudes, you wouldn't have Nintendo as you know it today. Mm -hmm. So Yamauchi pretty much like Japanese forced retires him, sort of like there was no firing. It was just like maybe you should go, and he's like, oh maybe I should retire. <laughs> Not really, I don't want to. And he put him on this bunk system, like he knew it was gonna fail. A few months later, about a year later, Gumpai was hit by a car and died. Yep. Mm. Uh, yeah, he made the Wonder Swan, and then yep. yeah, after that he got hit by a car and dead. Yeah, which it's kind of shitty. Car. <laughs> uh, probably a Ford F one fifty. It was the last nuke we dropped on Japan. We can only sell a very small amount of cars over there, like to compensate for dropping a bomb. So like every American car over there is a luxury car. They they can sell whatever they want over here. Have you guys ever seen the commercials for the Mercedes um, Nintendo, the Mercedes Nintendo Mario commercials? No, no. Just do yourself a favor. You can you can do like a do yourself a favor. Do some Patreon content on those boys. It, it is probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Consider uh, it done. It's yeah. really fun. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I think I think they released like Mercedes cars in Mario Kart. 8. Mario Kart. Yeah. yeah, but there was like yep. a weird video commercial. Check that out. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, uh, Nintendo releases the Nintendo sixty four, which was a cartridge based system in <laughs> a time where disc based systems were the norm. Right. Um, <laughs> Yep. You had um, the PlayStation. You had eventually the uh, Xbox, right? All that. The stuff. Sega Saturn was Sega the same Saturn. time. Also yeah. disc. And Yamauchi was basically just butthurt about Sony. So he was just like, of course, all of our developers are going to love working on this cartridge-based system where we can fuck them in the ass every day. And, of course, all of the developers were like, no, I don't want to make anything on the Nintendo 64 because why would I take the risk? Mm -hmm. I can fit more shit onto a Sony disc. So Nintendo loses most of their licensees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we have the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. Yamauchi said, like, there's no way that, like, the Xbox was ever going to be able to understand the gaming industry, which was dumb. And then one of the, I think, the stupidest lines that he ever said, only people who do not understand the video game business will advocate the release of next generation machines when people are not interested in cutting edge technologies. 
Because you know, because you know, people never want new. Yeah. They never want the new thing. Even no, though he, that's, that's something. No even though he wants. knew Nintendo needed to get into new technology to grow. <laughs> right. Bad, 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 bad details. It's a real hate your dad kind of sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, you guys are retro gamers, but you have to admit the majority of people that play video games just want to see the most realistic graphics yeah. and the most. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if oh, the yeah, game I mean, game is dog shit if it has great graphics. Casu- you know. Casual gamers, it's like it's like the frustration of <laughs> any ex girlfriend. I'll say if she refused to watch a movie because it was in black and white or something like that, like stupid shit like that. It's like there's a mentality like go with newer. Like yeah, we want the best graphics, best sound. There are people who would look at the NES nowadays who'd be like, "Is this for real? Like is that a joke? Like my iPhone could do better." You know, it's. And that's yeah. unfortunately the majority of folks. Right. Because we still let people vote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the alternative. I'm not that well learned, but I know we're it's weird. It's weird. I just know that there's this one amendment between the eighteenth and the twentieth that was a really bad idea. So <laughs> 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 So Yamauchi would finally fold on his disc-based systems when the Nintendo released the Nintendo GameCube. But it used mini-discs, which, again, um, was like a basically just a piracy protection thing. Yep. And most third-party developers were like, why? Like, I had to fit my game on fucking eight discs or whatever, like, just to play a game. You know? And let's uh, close up this annoying man. Yeah, how does this guy, guy fucking die, Travis? How does this fucking dude do it? I'm tired of this. <laughs> so on the 24th of May 2002, Yamauchi stepped down as president of Nintendo, um, and he was uh, succeeded by Satori Yawata, the mm-hmm. friendly man. That hung out with Reggie. That's all I know him Beloved. as. Beloved. Yeah. The guy from HAL Labs, basically maker of Kirby and Smash and all that shit. And they're like, hey, you're president now. Yeah, I just remember him as like like the Japanese fifth member of Weezer. That's kind of what I <laughs> picture. That's him a as. great way to put it. Yeah. He had that middle part going on. He was always smiling. <laughs> just this little programming dork who wanted to just make games that people yeah. would enjoy playing. Is this guy still in there? No, unfortunately, nah, he's dead. Yeah, he died. Well, he could be, he could be a new one, another roast. I don't know if he could be a roast. He just seemed like a happy little boy. Like I don't. I was that would be a ballsy move, him. though, yeah. for the Nintendo fans to actually roast a Toru Wada because he's basically like god tier status, and there's like, there's almost no dirt at all. Yeah, on. he's honestly like a happy cherub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll make stuff up. I just, I, I'm googling him, and uh, my prejudices are kicking in, so I don't see any problem with making stuff up. <laughs> So he, he hires this guy. Now, Yamauchi probably would have asked his son-in-law, the guy who started Nintendo of America, but his son-in-law retired a few months before Yamauchi because he just like was like, nope, I don't, I don't want to ever get involved in this again. I did it. We're good. Uh, the Congress brought me in to fucking yell at me. Like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still alive, by the way. Um Yamauchi was the chairman of the Nintendo Board of Directors. He left the board in 2005 due to his age. Um, Now, he also refused to accept his retirement pension, but at the same point, he became 
the richest man in Japan after the launch of the Wii, which, because that was so popular and such a craze, and also kind of continued his kind of idea of it doesn't need to be the most powerful system because, like, the Wii had SD. It wasn't, you know... It was just HD. an overclocked GameCube. Yeah. Like they kind of just, like, sped up a GameCube a little bit, and that's the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was good, though, because you were able to uh, be fit and have yeah. that thing going. Tom, you could play bowling with Grandma. Yeah, exactly. Tom, I know, I know I've always made fun of you because of this, and I always bring it up, but I always loved when we played the WarioWare for the Wii, and it was like, all right, shave. And then, like, uh, you yeah. held up the Wiimote and just, like, started to shave on your face. <laughs> yeah, because I thought I was in the future, but apparently no. Japan's a fucking bunch of charlatans, and they couldn't really figure out the shave. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, I had an embarrassing moment playing WarioWare. Who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> I've never embarrassed myself playing a game, ever. <laughs> so, okay. on September 19th, 2013, at the age of 85, Yamauchi died in the hospital following complications of pneumonia. Nintendo released a statement that its staff members were mourning the loss of their former president. Maybe not so much. I mean, I don't know. Um, 85 that's pretty young for japan yeah right there. Actually, like, yeah. how old was master roshi like 250 something like that something, something like that fucking still going and he got stronger with age yeah 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 the kamehameha yeah he's fucking fighting frieza somehow it's like wait a second <laughs> and that is our boy hiroshi yamauchi i we didn't hit a lot of the checkpoints of like cousin fucking <laughs> or like boy touching but this man was just like for look he said that he was going to make a, a a game console a toy for children so even if you even if you think video games are more than just i know tom thinks video games are for children toy are. people right yeah. but if you mm -hmm. took it as like say if he was the willy wonka right making candy and toys and treats he's the most grumpy you, uh, boy so uh, you could think of to to be that man mm-hmm but but you just compared it like you know, we'll think of it like this like you know you got one child's toy pretend it's child's food <laughs> like a meatloaf fucking analogy yeah <laughs> no like candies like Willy Wonka's mm -hmm. guys well, golden, now, digging, golden Zelda I just, cartridge I just sucked all the air out of the room <laughs> <laughs> by trying to. Uh, compare a bad analogy to something else. I don't look know. I think video but, uh, games are an art form for sure and this guy the one thing I will say about him is that he pretty much let his developers like uh, Shigeru Miyamoto do what they wanted you know he was he, he, he one of the things that he, he said was that like you know they're the developers are artists they can do what they want but then they he let them do what they want and put deadlines and then shit all over them when they brought something in so Without giving them I just think it's, direction. I think it's impressive that he was such, like, a wacko businessman that, like, his weird business decisions were still, like, more interesting than, like, cousin fucking and kid touching. We're like, oh, you know, he did this shit, too, but let's tell you about these goddamn lockout cartridges. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, it's fascinating. The only thing I give him credit for is being ballsy enough to just say the stupidest statements possible. Like, him in a modern culture... Would never serve like the way he's shitting, shitting on fans so openly. Like I said, that shit would never fly. So it, it's the bull in the china shop. Like he was stuck in his ways. But 
as today still proves, people still ate it all up. So it's like he wasn't wrong in things he said, but you listen to it, you're like, wow, how could people still support him? We sure did. Right. We sure wouldn't, did. Would not want to work for this man. No. Or be in his family, by the way. I mean, oh, fuck it, it's interesting. I wish I knew more information about his like personal life, but again, there's only so many resources in English. Maybe there's more in J- Japanese, but I want to know like what his cousins cagey. did. Yeah, it's very cagey I, culture. So I feel like this guy would do really well today, not based on how he like if he wasn't working with Nintendo and he was with another game company, like if he was with EA or something or like, I don't know, putting out the same Call of Duty every yeah. year. Like, that would be <laughs> good for this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, Travis, you said before, video games are art. I disagree with that only on the basis of video games can be art, but most of them are not. Yeah. Oh, okay. I agree with that. We, like, we've said that a lot, actually. Yeah. 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 Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've discussed this on the show before, is that I feel like that's just art in general. Like, I think Andy Warhol's yeah. crap is not art. But people call no, it it's art. Not. Yeah. It's just a man, you know, stamping a soup can on yeah. things. Yeah, and I don't like art anymore because of these things. I've come to these realizations <laughs> that like there is no art anymore. It's just shit. It's garbage and it's it's money and expression. Everything else is out the window. And fifty years from now, someone with a magazine will think like one like piece of crap is like good, so they'll like prop it up, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy was an underrated genius. <laughs> yeah, and we all at the time we're like, oh, this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's gonna be Jake. Yeah, Paul. that that's that's overlooked too. Like especially in the game world, you get all the oh, look at this overlooked game. The retrospective, yep. Yeah, that that oh my god, look at this undiscovered gem, this hidden gem. Yeah. I hate that term. Yeah. The fucking look at this hidden gem. It's hidden because it's soft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not it's not it's not a fucking gem. Yeah. It, its value yeah, is yeah. still dog shit. Yeah. It's not like like I bust Jim's balls, but like well he'll he'll say he has a Phillips CDI. He'll be like, this game's mm. actually okay for a Phillips CDI, but I'm like but that's still like one of the worst consoles ever. So it's still dog shit in the pantheon of great games. So like you can't even hold it close to the light. So you got to there is a, a metric to it. And it's funny because we talked about the Nintendo seal of quality. There's 700 and some odd games on the NES, whatever the number is. There's a lot of absolute dog shit games on the NES. Like I'd say super quality. You're probably at about 100 best case and that's being very generous right so there's plenty of dog shit even on the nes even with their quality seal well uh, well i was what i want to say is that like also like um as crazy as the nintendo sales were when i went over it and talked about it the playstation the original playstation sold i think i think it was the most amount of systems P- it was over 100 yeah. it was over it was, it was the, the first over 100 million out. yeah and i think there yep. was like ten thousand games on it or something like that. Yeah. And most of them are crap, but at the same time, you know, they were able to put it's out games. bangers. Yeah. But some yeah. of them are getting bangers. You, mm-hmm. The shotgun approach, and sometimes the shotgun approach works. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure Sony's does. won every generation since they've come out. So, yeah. Yep. Dude, you know who's going to win next generation? 
Zuck, because I don't want my legs anymore. Tom, are you? Are you? Do you have the hacksaw? Next time I come to New York, are you taking these babies off? I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, want I'm going to save you a lot of money on that flight. Yeah. Right. Look, <laughs> guys, thank you for coming on. Uh, I I feel like this conversation we're having right now, like the subjective natures of games and like the 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 values behind them and all the art stuff, it's very much stuff you cover on drink a beer, play a game. Mm-hmm. So anyone listening to this, go listen to your show. Um, Jim, Brian, tell us more about the show real quick before we go. Give us all the stuff. Give us Patreon stuff, all the plugs. Yeah. And uh, we'll wrap this so up. So the easiest thing, we, we like to review games and also pair specialty beers with it. We have our weekly Power Hour podcast where we talk games, beer, just general news interviewing folks like you all who we always appreciate coming on our show as well and we throw out top tens and top sixes jim you can spit out where we can be found yep so youtube.com just search for drink a beer play a game uh twitter at a beer in a game drink a beer play a game on facebook and instagram and patreon.com slash drink a beer play a game where you can get bonus content like you know patreon exclusive videos you can interact with the podcast. You can get game uh, review requests and bonus episodes, all kinds of good shit there. So, or our website, drinkabearplaygame.com, where that's where we put up more of like the straight up beer reviews. Cause like beer reviews are rough in like video formats. So we'll just do like text ones over there and some random articles here and there and all that other yep. shit. So, and that's where our merch is. So buy t shirt. <laughs> do you guys have a thong on your store? Not yet. Not yet. But we Kill. will. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I want like a Borat that I can wear around Portland. That's a normal dress in Portland. So. <laughs> Portland. We uniform. can make it happen. Okay, cool. Jazz will be the model for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I uh, really enjoyed having you guys on to talk about this video game Titan Grumpy Boy. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for having Appreciate me. it, guys. It was a great time. It was awesome. Appreciate you sticking around, tolerating all this stuff. Uh, ever, and that goes for you, too, audience. If you like the show, go to patreon.com slash Give us your money. That's it. We promise you nothing in return. <laughs> and with that, I will say thank you, Shane. Yeah, thank you, Shane. Show this to all of your uh, Sega friends and be like, look, he this guy sucks so much. Even though I was kind of like, uh, Sega lost. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sucked and you still lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Thank you.